podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everyone, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. Oh, and have we got a show for you. It's the best of both worlds, part one. It's been a long time coming. Oh, we're always saying, Andy, don't worry, don't worry, you'll get to it, you'll get to it, you'll get to it. We're here. And this is it. This is the it that that you guys have been talking about. It's almost like you're just eating a meal. Uh-huh. At a place oh, where oh, food's now you're talking not my good, language, but oh, no, you no, know no. their dessert is phenomenal. <laughs> what, I can't even. What is a place like that? I guess there must be. I mean, it'd be like going to like a. Um, I don't know. Like, say you're at a media, you know, sure. like a mediocre Italian place that makes amazing cannolis. They exist. Uh-huh. So you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just order this, 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 and of course, you know, it's you and I. We'd eat it. Sure, whatever uh, it was. And then once we get to the dessert, it's like, ah, oh, this is why we came here. Cannolis, now that you're on it. Oh, no. I don't. Be uh, careful. No, I enjoy it. Okay. But uh, I feel like cannolis are a treat that I wouldn't wouldn't like eat and go, that's a great cannoli. It's like very hard oh, to rise above as you a cannoli. You haven't had good cannolis. Maybe. I've had a lot of mediocre cannolis, and I get what you're saying. Because right. you know, the essence of it, you're like, what is this, rolled... Not that sweet cookie with icing in the middle. I don't understand right. what this is, but yeah. like a real cannoli. Oh, right. doctor! There you go. Oh, Beverly. For those of you like uh, like uh, many of the people who have written in or written or waited to write us reviews, um, and this may be the first episode you're listening to because you were waiting for Next Generation to get awesome before you listen to us. Um, this cannoli uh, digression is pretty much. Mm, 50% of the show? 60% of the show? Look, it's par for the course. All I'm saying is the replicators on this show don't do them justice. <laughs> now you need a real chef with real eggs. Oh, I'm not getting into that again. Andy, it was the ingredients. We'll see. Riker was a very good chef, maybe. Did we ask Frakes that? No, we didn't. That seems like it should have been the first Ask Frakes question out of the box. I have a feeling that would have been one that made him tune out of the conversation even faster than he did. Uh, look, I'm going to try to get him on for next week's... Uh, Not next week's. Well, the next step, the Best of Both Worlds Part 2, um, and uh, ask him a couple of questions, but obviously, that'll be the first question. We are going to take... Just to over. finally establish that you're... You can put it to bed, and you can sleep at night again. I know this has kept you up since it we really did that has. episode. What was it? Season 2, episode, like, 6? Was that a year ago? It was a long time ago. Um... We are going to take a week off, right? Um, Not a week off, but a but we're going to have an episode that we spend on. We're talking about Trekkies. There was other. Oh, I liked that idea a lot. Anyway, guys, we just went away to check uh, to make sure uh, you could find Trekkies somewhere, and uh, it's streaming right now on Amazon Prime. So if you're an Amazon Prime member, you have access to Trekkies. So next week we will cover the documentary uh, Trekkies that I believe came out in like 1996. Seven? Nope, 99. It says right there. So uh, I haven't watched it in a long time. I used to watch it a lot. Like a, as Trekkies? A, as a group. 
Oh, interesting. Just to laugh at it. <laughs> oh, okay. I've never seen wait it. Till you get a, wait till you get a load of the Spiner Femmes. <laughs> spiner Femmes, eh? Oh, yeah. The spiner. Oh, by the way, um, we had a, a lengthy discussion uh, in our, one of our uh, Patreon bonus pods uh, about who our modern day castings uh, selections would be. Yeah. And uh, I came up with, a, with, a, with an interesting uh, choice. For data, post the podcast? post that podcast. <laughs> All right. So if you're a president's no, if you're a lieutenant, you heard this discussion, right? Uh, lieutenant tier. So here's an update, patrons. Andy has changed his mind. Tilda Swinton. <laughs> sure. For data, that's uh, look. Tilda Swinton, I think, is a good, very good choice for data. So alien and and kind of uh, not human anyway. I buy it. N- nothing personal, it. Tilda. I think that's your that's your uh, no. That's, that's your angle. That's a that's a compliment. Always sort she of otherworldly. She exists on a plane beyond us. Yeah, that's why she was so good in Doctor Strange. That's right. <laughs> As Strange, Doctor Strange, Strange, Doctor Strange. So Andy, that's Matt. a good update. That's a good update. <laughs> Thanks, pal. You got it. <laughs> Matt, yeah. let's get to this thing they've been waiting so long. Oh, fine. Actually, you know, we're really not going to do that. I don't know why I did that. We got Hales. We got Admiral's Club. Oh, if you're waiting for the Hales, here they are. First, Matt, Wait, though, what are we doing? should they watch The Best of Both Worlds? No, skip part it. Part one? Real skippable. Skippable! <laughs> Look at this guy. He's talking crazy. I can I can overrule that myself, even in my my oh, tiny guys. Of course not. It's one of the great uh, television cliffhangers of all times. Um, all right, and with that, we uh, we should jump into the Animals Club. Oh boy, here we. Nope. There we go. Go to iTunes, leave a five star review, and join the Animals Matt, how do they get into the Admiral's Club? Oh, it's very simple. Uh, you walk through the door right uh-huh. here on deck. No. Okay. Yeah, I meant more figured. Oh, I see. Well, Andy, all they have to do is leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. You know, wherever your podcasts are rated. Except if you do it anywhere besides Apple Podcasts, we're not looking for it, so we won't know. Here are just a few <laughs> admirals we're admitting to the club this week. Uh, from Malang1313, love this podcast and my never-ending... It's my favorite planet in the malang system oh sure <laughs> there's there's 1312 others but malang 1313 is where you it's want quite to a system in my never-ending quest to find a funny podcast i've found tnc the tangential nature of matt and andy's musings always make me smile please bring back jaws corner uh, you guys would not believe the death stare i got from andy when i interrupted him during the uh admiral's club thing what? For a dumb joke, you like you gave me you like mad dog me just I, now when I said that's my favorite planet in the. <laughs> that's incorrect. You were like so angry about that it. Is, I was like, oh no, are we not having fun anymore. There Have is, you been assimilating? There is. You, you got to go. You've had a couple recently where I'm like, you're really you're really shooting low there. But generally speaking, the, the dumber the joke, the more it fits into this podcast. Uh, uh, another one is from Rocky. Monster Monst Toysters. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Rocky Mountain Toysters? I think that's Oh, it. that's that's five stars. Uh but the hosts get zero Andes for blocking the hallway in front of the Admirals Club with their mics and wires. Well look, guys, you can step over it. It's true. Or enter the Admirals Club through the recently discovered new door that we talked about on the Patreon. Or put some money into the little Patreon jar we have uh on our on our 
uh, on our little table in the corridor. Oh, they still have to walk over the mics and stuff. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Star Trek The Best Conversation from Schoolboy Dave, Kirk and Spock, Picard and Riker, Cisco and Ki- Kira? Kira. Cisco and Kira and Aris, yeah. Yes. Uh, and now Matt and Andy. I, I don't know DS9. I haven't seen DS9. That for the newcomers who have waited for the good episodes is the theme of the podcast. Um, uh, that I haven't seen most of these TNG episodes. These two guys know their stuff, in parentheses, mostly. Yeah. Uh, this is a wonderful way to relive one of your favorite shows. I give it 10 Andes. Oh, that's, well, that's many Andes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, and that's the Admirals Club. Oh, Matt, let's step sure into the president's circle. Well, if as we you might. know, there's a couple more doors we have to walk around here. It's, it's never oh. a clear path. There's a strange probably, collection of doors oh, in the center oh, of the room. That one, would, that oh, that one's, one did that one's, malfunction. We've we got to get, to get those mechanisms replaced. Is that our responsibility? Base. Well, we'll just inform the captain. <laughs> that feels like the kind of thing we would have to take care oh, of. Oh, boy. Fixing anyway. malfunctioning doors. Lucky for us, we're here. John Horner, uh, I'm sorry, there are a couple left over of the original PayPal donations. <laughs> if if you're someone whose name was left off, the United Federation of Planets President Circle uh, subspace message shout out. Uh, you should get one a month. Um, then please let me know. Um, and uh, I believe I've gotten all the prior PayPal donations, which ended in July. If I've missed you, please let me know. John Horner sent us a dollar and said, I'm in under the wire. Suck it, Secunda. If I'm too late, well played, Secunda. Well played. Ray Ching Peng, uh, also known as Ray, sent us $7.65. And uh, Jeff Southard and uh, Amanda Schram, we missed last month on the, um, on the President's Circle. How did we miss them? I don't know, but they say that we did. All right. I don't know what to tell you. Guys, if you joined in July, then we missed you. If you did not join in July, we did not miss you. If you joined in August, listen up so that we don't miss you. That's right. (laughs) So here's the way we're going to do it. We're going to uh, read just a couple of President Circle members. Oh, these are are recipients of the uh, illustrious Pike, uh, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. It's awarded to Starfleet's most valoric <laughs> uh, valor covered crew I don't understand what this award is for but know. look uh, there's a, there's an option on the Patreon page to send us a message uh, and if we choose your message to read you are selected and you are a Christopher Pike uh, Medal of Valor award winner as a matter of fact I think I'm just going to start a post uh, in the president circle and you can uh, Write down what you want. Maybe we'll read it on on the show. Otherwise, we're going to save our shout-outs for the end. Yeah, guys, we're going to come back into this lounge at the end and and, and start uh, saying hi to some people. But for the moment, Brett Jarrett says, I am honored to be your president with a landslide electoral electoral federation victory. I will hire only the bestest and brightest for the Space Force. Peace and long life. I'm the president. Brett Jarrett. Brett. Brett. I got Brett. something to tell you. That's not how this works, Brett. 
You're, you're not, not the, the president. president. You have to be duly elected. Yeah, and also you're just you're just available. You're, you can eat some of this delicious f- spread that's out here. There's today. great stuff in here. A lot of good sure. cannolis, actually. Oh, are these good cannolis? Yeah, yeah. I've had. I'm gonna I have to them, try some of those. I had them baked. Also, uh, in the warp core. N- is it really? That's it's like, you it's need like it that. to be hot. Like that. That's just like goes. way hotter. Than, is it hot in the warp core? <laughs> I got to imagine it's uh, energy, uh, a lot of heat happening in there. Yeah, sure. Although maybe question. the antimatter keeps the matter for, at a temperature of nil. I have no idea. I don't know either. Um, just to clarify, I mentioned Space Force. There was a slight discussion. I feel like I was clear in listening to it again. But just to clarify, I was not supporting Space Force as a modern-day idea. I was just saying the name Space Force sounds like a dumb, fun 80s action movie. That's all I was saying. Yeah. Or a, or a off-brand, like if Transformers had been called something else, like we imported these toys from Japan and instead of... Gobots, we called them Space Force. <laughs> I'm going to throw this out. Does no. it also sound possibly like uh, a Gene Roddenberry secondary show? Uh, you know, trying to get trying to get the uh, the system rebooted without Star Trek, or a William Shatner series of novels? <laughs> Tech War. <laughs> God, I forgot about those. Were they? Did you read any? No. Huh. Should I have? I don't. You're asking me. I have no idea. You I would still like to read some of the uh, some of the non-canon uh, novels. Uh, Andy, nothing's stopping you from doing that on your for free time. the bonus pod. Why do you have to be forced to do something to do it, even if it's I, for honestly, your own enjoyment? That is literally something I've been grappling with lately. It's <laughs> 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 so true. Oh boy. Anyway, our second uh, United Federation of Planets President Circle. What was the award? <laughs> Christopher Pike, Medal of Valor Award winner. <laughs> is Drew Parkinson. Drew. Lieutenant Drew Parkinson. Uh, Andrew Secunda is a beautiful man, and I'm not just saying that because I'm desperate for approval. Live long, and oops, I did it again, guys. There you go. Drew, well done. And wear that proud on your dress uniform. Uh, we're uh, done with the uh, United Federation of uh, Circle for now. Guys, we'll be back after the uh, Andes are awarded, and uh, we're going to pop back in and give you guys all your shouts and outs and shouts and outs and <laughs> Well, we'll give a quarter of you your shouts and outs and then and then next week so we'll on give you and a so forth. More. That's how it works in a month, guys, I think. Anyway, Andy, let's get out of here. Let's head back into the lounge here. Club. Oh, boy. We go. See, just the food is good in here, but not as good this. as the President's Circle. Step through this. Oh, I just, boy. I walk around the extra doors. That door is broken again. Oh, oh. Yeah, we got to get that fixed for sure. Yeah. All right. And that's the Admiral's Club. Guys, we're in the hallway of our vessel. Captain, we are being hailed. So these, the hail bag is officially open, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the first one uh, reads... Secunda has now become my shout of choice when something goes well at work uh, to the confusion of my colleagues. But Secunda does make a most satisfying sound when things go well, such as when the podcast arrives. I wanted to drop you a line to say, this was a debate we had last week, mm-hmm. that navies do indeed have dedicated survey ships. I don't think it was a debate. It was just a question. For surveying and charting the seas and oceans. Not only that, but the Royal Navy's premier survey vessel is the Enterprise. Oh, well, that's just a great name. 
We worked on the Mediterranean refugee response uh, where we learned of the HMS Enterprise being one of the ships tasked to rescue thousands of refugees from the sea. However, I'm not sure if the crew had the misadventures uh, with the people they rescued in the same way that the USS Enterprise did with the Bring Lloydy. My regards for a magnificent podcast, Livingston 2, the numeral 2, 2, T-O-O. I don't know if that's a uh, look who's talking to reference. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, here is a voice hail we received, mm-hmm. and I think you guys will find the voice familiar. We are Andy of Secunda. Your accents will be adapted to service us. We will add your Instagram pictures at our own discretion for reasons only we understand. Resistance is futile. And of course is uh, our friend Damien from Brisbane, Australia. Oh no, you're not really is not a fan of my I thought we agreed. Perfect act no, I said I wasn't gonna do the Irish accent anymore. Oh well I think we should just (laughs) I don't mind if we go to war with Australia. Kick it out to maybe include all accents. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. Uh, anyway, thank you for the hail. The the uh, the episode specific hail. Um I guess as many of them are. Um all right, this one um, is uh, is a little interesting. Uh, hi, Andy and Matt. This is my first time writing into a podcast. I hope it's not too long. I want to write you guys to ask if there was any way the face group reading Rainbow Song could be edited to start with Take a Look. Uh, I realize that the whole of Star Trek fans are primarily male. However, as a female, I have a hard time listening to Who's That Calling Matt a Twat? Uh, if I were watching Spaced or Peep Show and the term was used, I would understand it to mean obnoxious, as this is the UK connotation. In America, twat generally denotes uh, female genitals. I would say it's nestled between bitch and cunt. Um, while I'm Jesus sure, Christ. I know. Should I not? Andy, have said you that? could have just. You could have just. I, you could have like. I didn't know if I should read it. She's uh, writing it. I, uh, what should I have done? Look, if that, if if the song is upsetting her, I feel like you throwing it out there. It's her words. Is going to also do that. I can't help it. I don't oh, know. Boy. I didn't oh, know boy. what to do. Should I have gone? I would say it's nestled between deet and doop. I would say the B and C words. B and C words. Yeah. Anyway, you'll this learn. This is why he's someday. a superior podcaster. Someday you'll figure it out. You're being a real B, man. Uh, while I'm sure, or I'm hoping, that uh, the singer did not intend to be offensive, uh, it's just hard to listen to, since I know you're both very careful to not offend any of your listeners. I was hoping maybe you could edit it down as a way to show love for your female listenership. Uh, please in- don't interpret this as any accusation of being inconsiderate. I think you're both wonderful, and I live for every episode you put out. As for lady listeners, listenership, I've recruited not one, but two fellow Lady Trek le- lis- lovers to listen to your podcast. I mean, genuine gal fan- fans. Man, I'm really blowing it today. <laughs> not As usual, I guess. <laughs> not just, I watch it because my boyfriend husband does. No shade on those gals. I'm just saying, LOL. Uh, I will continue to gush about TNC to anyone who will listen. I just need a conversation starter. Like the hoodie. Um, I think she's referring to our, our merch store that's not up. Uh, live long and prosper. Sincerely, Dr. Crushing It. And It's uh, <laughs> a good name. And uh, Dr. Crushing It, uh, not only uh, did we heed your... Uh, your request, but I reached out to uh, Mike Mann, who gave us our original face group song, and uh, he definitely did not uh, intend it uh, with the, the is, offensiveness. Is Mike Mann British? 
Uh, no, but oh, Mike, that's why you didn't get away with it. But I feel like he's rhyming your name. Of course, it's hard to rhyme, and therefore, unless you say cat. Or uh, but hat I'm saying I would say that that implies bat. the British pronunciation. Nonetheless, we don't want to disturb anybody, and neither does Mike Mann. We want everybody to enjoy it and not be bumped. And he made a new face group song for us almost immediately, and here it is. Who photoshopped Matt with Data's cat? And who put Andy's face on that? Just take a look. It's on Facebook. It's in our face group. So that's the new one. That's somehow sounds more like the Reading Rainbow tune than the previous version. Uh, and you think we're going to get into legal trouble? No, I think Dr. Crushing It has solved the problem. Because it never even occurred to me. That yeah. that was a reading rainbow. I thought you told me it was a reading Did rainbow I? one. I don't remember. Yeah. Our brains are breaking at That's a true. record pace, everybody. FYI, if anybody's referring to a past episode, it goes out of our head the second that we're finished. <laughs> so yep. please, just always give us context. Um, anyway, uh, feel free to submit other, you know, uh, jingles and theme songs for the face group or anything else on the show. Uh, Josh Monroe. Um, oh, you know what? Let's say that has opened our face group portion. I thought it did. It did. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, noted face group being our our Facebook, the next Star Trek, the next conversation. Andy, group. I love how enthusiastically you're trying to talk to people who've never heard the show before. I don't think there's a ton of first time. You really listeners. think so? You think no. no one else? I think we're here. I think it's great. It's over. I think maybe the people that checked out the pilot and were like, ah, I'll come back when it gets good. Maybe they're here. But That's anyway, here's Those the face people. group. You know, I feel like this is a repilot. Don't change for them. I feel like this is a repilot. Repilots are never good. Shows usually get canceled. <laughs> well, that I don't disagree with. Uh, Josh Monroe says, Hi, Matt and Andy. Mike Mann mentioned in the face pod that Janelle Monet's dirty computer lends itself to being secundaized turning it into a song about Andy. Uh, I then mentioned that there was another song that came to mind and went ahead and made this. Hope you enjoy it. Um, here it is. Lady Madonna. I don't know what to tell you. Andy Seconda, Omar Atrophy. Wonder how you managed to join Starfleet. You and Matt Myra on Deck 39 Did you think podcasting in the hall was fine? <laughs> that's it. That's, I'm not going to lie, that's pretty great. <laughs> it's a pretty great song parody. It's on, it's on, on melody? It's, uh, 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 the iambic pentameter is matching. Yes, honey. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just threw up. Uh-huh. It's so exciting. All right, I'll get them for you. Guys, I have a I have a, a dilithium crystal in the warp core, so I got to make sure that the ship's okay. This is a Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure crossover moment. Yeah, got to get your fans. Some, some sateens and some Gatorade. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey Matt, is yes, that Andy. is that the first uh morning sickness sign? Well, it's not morning. Is it not count if it's not morning? I don't think so. Oh, there you go. Oh, guys, and morning is this the sickness first can strike at any time. <laughs> this is it, guys. This is a TNC exclusive. Dory had morning sickness for the first time right here. Suck it, man. Dory's excellent adventure. <laughs> 
Okay, guys, we're back after a lengthy trip to the supermarket to get a number of items that are bland and hopefully will help Dory feel better. I got myself some rainbow cookies. <laughs> he sure did, everybody. And butterscotch sauce. That is two legitimate purchases I made. <laughs> I, I do hope that, is it your plan to ever combine those two items? No, that's too much sweetness, but yeah. I might... Uh, on different occasions, have a Sunday with butterscotch sauce. There's a too much sweetness for you. I think when you got a rainbow cookie, that's already pretty packed with sweet. Yeah. And then butterscotch definitely is. You've aggressive. had my preferred cake, my favorite cake, right? The Susie Cakes celebration cake. Yes. Yeah. Do tasty. you think that's too sweet? Um, I think there's a creaminess issue with certain cakes that I'm not into. <laughs> Guys. The dips toward wedding cake, I'm not into. The, what is that ganache uh, yeah, yeah. what do they have on a that? ganache i mean it depends on the wedding you know yeah i think it's all kinds of cakes that's the beauty of cake andy there's so many cakes for just so many different occasions you know but like, i love like a box all, cake uh, like also come to eve it's traditional you have a box cake also come to eve we gotta figure out what day that is <laughs> <laughs> uh all right and before we close out the face group it's time to give a shout out to the face group post of the week this week everybody it's craig betts Craig Betts has an amazing uh, post here, but we do have to inform him it's incorrect, or as I would say on Facebook, I would write wrong in all caps with an X clam. Uh, wrong, yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was a little bit of a snafu, of a in dust there. up in the face group this week. <laughs> so. Well, look, uh, but Craig Betts writes. Uh, he did a little meme here. Any ideas on rescuing Andy from the Borg? Says uh, Shelby Crusher and Data standing around the pool table <laughs> in engineering. And then uh, the next image is uh, a shuttle pod going out there with a Domino's Pizza logo on top. So, you know, here's the thing: Andy's not going to fall for that. He's not a big Domino's guy. If you sent out like some Defaras, oh yeah, well then I would yeah. he'd leave the Borg immediately. Yeah, I would. He would defeat them. Instantly. He'd be ripping his own implants off. Yeah, Secundus Borg would go down like a shot. <laughs> eat, uh. must eat. Uh, but yeah, Craig, we're the Secundus. We're the Borg. We must assimilate Defaras. Great job uh, to Craig, and uh, that's in the Star Trek the next conversation face group you can find it on facebook join it be a member of the amazing community they even have their own podcast devoted to said community called the face pod uh all right andy this is the end of the face group section for star trek the next conversation i thought i should bring it to your attention so what do the rest of the programmation ah. i think he's saying kapla uh oh that's probably correct all right Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wait. Before I do that, let me just close out the whole thing. Uh, if you would like to uh, send us a voice hail, it's 816-TREK-TNC. Our Instagram and Twitter is at Star Trek TNC. The gentleman across from me is Matt Myra, at Matt Myra. My Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. Uh, my Twitter is at Secunda. Direct hails. Send them to sttncpod at gmail.com. And our Patreon is, of course, patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC or right. bonus pods and such there you go uh, uh, it, wait wait oh, just, God. hold on is there a thing um, yeah there's a thing hold on for those of you who don't know this is what the show is always like hold on I can't there it is <laughs> oh, I see. Again, I'm going to ask in the discussion of the group again. So it, you you close the hails? I think the face group section is part of the hails. 
that's my take because it's, right, an outside... it's an incoming transmission. Yeah, I right, get what you're saying. Take. All right, but really, what I was going to say is, why with the uh, why do you do the emails in the? Ha- I guess that makes sense. The explanation too. of the, I guess that's 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 a a subjective perspective, and I I accept either take. Well, it's time for some uh, this day in Trek objective perspectives of our own, Andy. This is the best of both worlds. Uh, that's the official title of it. it was not called Part One yet. Until post this situation, this aired the week of June eighteenth, nineteen ninety. Is that true? So they didn't. Well, they must have known it was going to be a two-parter. Yeah, but they could have called it something else. What do you, it wasn't titled. They didn't have to like part one and part two. It. I see. Do you know what I mean? Oh, oh, I got you. Got you. They could have called it the best of both worlds, and then the worst of those. Like okay. it's like they could have called it anything. I wonder when they made that decision. I don't know. Anyway, Andy. For the week of June 18th, Whoa, Rickenbacker 325. Is that what's behind us? Uh, there is one over there, yeah. I was noticing that before. I knew he was trying to get the knobs just like John Lennon had, and he did it. Um, a side note, uh, Matthew Kirk, who does our This Day in Trek history, says, Holy crap, we made it to the end of season three. Two days after my 12th birthday. Um, <laughs> I think he's saying original in 1990. Um, it must have been love by Roxette was leading. I wish there was a super uh, enthusiastic 12 year old who was sending us all this information <laughs> it, would, it would not bump me in the least it would be like yeah that adds up it must have been love by Roxette was leading the US radio charts on this day while World in Motion by England New Order maintained its UK popularity jeez guys yeah it hung in there it was on fire when I laid down on it uh, by Robert Fulgram was a bestseller, and Dick Tracy shot its way to the top of the box office. Personal oh, note, sure. I vid- vividly remember my mother being mortified at Madonna's appearance in the, fu- in the film when she took me and my junior high friends to see it in the theater. <laughs> Interesting. In the sense that, like, once she appeared on screen, she was mortified? Or I, was I, it some, uh, like... I think she's very, uh, she's very buxom in that, uh, visibly buxom in that movie. That's well, probably what he's referring look, to. Look, I mean, it's a, she's like a comic book character, you know? Like an old card, you know, an old Sunday Funnies character. You gotta draw it. You gotta take it up with Matthew Kirk's mom. I'm on your side. Oh, I thought that was you. No. I was also confused by the whole thought that I'm your sorry, mother took you. No, this was not me. This was Matthew Kirk. <laughs> Matthew said, Kirk, what are you editorializing for? <laughs> Whoa, he's allowed. He's he's earned it. He, but he like, if, if Andy's reading in first person, then my brain, I'm not looking at Andy reading words. I'm like looking over here and then Andy launches into this I have to say my mom and like I think this know, is a recurring you know is? issue it's is a I don't... credit to Andy's natural uh, cadence when he was reading that because I genuinely thought that that was his story uh, but I think that that is a problem I think I gotta shift into a, a voice when it's not my my uh, my my editorializing. If you at home also thought Andy <laughs> was talking about his own mother I was like imagining your mother dragging you to like the the, the movie theater by Union Square. No. And like, okay, we're watching this. And then my brain, I was like, well, Andy, in 1990. No, thankfully, I did you, not have to. Were you not needing to go to a PG-13 no, movie with your mother? I didn't. I was going to PG-13 movies way too early anyway. Anyhow, <laughs> geneticists at the University of Wisconsin published study results that identified a specific genetic marker related to albinism. Albinism? Uh, you know, I think uh, either pronunciation's okay for me. Um, James Edward Pope. Of course, if you're wondering... Yeah, this uh, one's going to be depressive. Uh, well, let me get less depressing and say uh, the only way 
if you're trying to remember what albino, alb, albinoism looks like, I always uh, think of the guy in the Encyclopedia Britannica commercials. Remember him? No. In the 90s with the long blonde hair and the glasses. He had albinism? I always thought he was an albino. Interesting. He may not have been. I don't remember him at all. I can't believe this, Andy. Look, I know we're all under the gun here. This is pre-being able to fast-forward commercials, too. Go ahead. You were talking. Continue. Okay. Minnesota Vikings cornerback Xavier Rhodes was born in Miami, Florida, and Time Magazine's cover featured an Asian boy holding an AK-47 with the caption, Child Warriors, Burma's Tin Lee. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Is only 13 years old. In war zones around the world, kids like him are fighting and dying. That's it. Cool. My folks make sure I get a good breakfast. Oh, I know, you know this guy. They buy me nice school clothes. They got me a computer, a video camera, a compact display. Look at that jacket. But the problem is, hardly any of this stuff can really help me with my schoolwork. Everything. There is something you could have which would help you a lot. Do you know what that is? No, but I'm afraid you're going to tell me. Oh, no, uh, I know yes. this kid. It's the new Encyclopedia Britannica. Encyclopedia Britannica. Now you tell me. I've got a report due tomorrow. On what? On the exploration of space. Take a look at this. From the first beeps of Sputnik <laughs> to the triumph of the Apollo moon landing. Hey, I'm impressed. This way, I wouldn't have to worry about getting to the library. It's right in my own home. Day and night. All right. <laughs> that uh, that image of him leaning with his feet up the, on the desk is like, should just go in the 1990 museum. That, well, like, his, it's also his like... His white sneakers, his weird jean jacket. Well, whatever, that era. The, the, the big boxy computer, everything in that image... Uh, marks that point in I time. love that his complaint here is that nothing there will help him with his schoolwork when literally everything there should be able to help him with his schoolwork. It's true. He's got a camcorder, he's got a computer, he's got a printer. FYI, if I offended any people who are actually suffering from albinism out there, then I uh, I truly apologize. Why? why, why how I don't did know. you offend them? I don't know. I said something Look, about... I used if I anyone the term did it, albino around it. It was me. Eh. Well, I I remembered this as being a, an albino person. That's true. And he's clearly not. That's true. Anyway. <laughs> what planet are we on now? I don't know. This is so weird. <laughs> uh, i tell you, if this is guys. the first episode for a lot of people, we're not doing ourselves any favors. Well, you can't, you can't win guess them all. best to uh, um, immunize them, assimilate them, yeah, <laughs> prepare them. <laughs> All right, guys, this was directed by Cliff Bowl and written by Michael Piller. Uh, and here is the description from Larry Nemechek's Star Trek The Next Generation Companion Revised Edition. Here it is. The Borg are suspected of having caused Starf- a Starfleet colony's utter destruction, and Starfleet sends its best tactician to deal with the threat. Lieutenant Commander Shelby, who proves to be as smart and ambitious as she is beautiful. Okay. Well, that's Some a little editorializing. There, my friend. <laughs> uh, she lets Riker know that she wants his job. Riker refuses the latest command offered him, setting the stage for mounting friction, which heats up when Shelby tells him he's gone soft and lost his edge. Meanwhile, the Borg finally appear and demand that Picard personally surrender to them. Thanks to Shelby's quick-witted strategy, the Enterprise breaks away and hides out in a sensor-blinding nebula to buy time for repairs. Did our engines kick out? No, they just got quieter. Um, LaForge and his team devise a weapon using the main deflector, but the, the ship will have to drop out of warp to use that power supply. The weapon is only part finished when the Borg find the ship, beam over, kidnap Picard, and then the aliens 
set a course directly for Earth. Shelby leads an away team to find Picard, who has already been assimilated by the Borg. As Locutus, he will serve as the cyborg race's speaker with all humans. Shelby's team does enough damage to force the Borg to drop out of warp, but they cannot retrieve Picard. Returning to the Enterprise, they find Geordi's jerry-rigged weapon ready at last. The engineer insists they must fire on the Borg immediately or lose their only chance to destroy the invaders. This is it. This is the one. This is the one we've all been waiting for. There you go. It's uh, Best of Both Worlds, part one. Let's dive in, shall we? Some, some futzing over there? All right, here we Captain's go. Captain's log, Stardate 43989.1. The Enterprise has arrived at Jure 4 in response to a distress signal from one of the Federation's outermost colonies. Anything from the surface? No, sir. There have been no communications from the colony for over 12 hours. Sensors picking up any signs of life? None. The surface environment is safe for transport. <laughs> I love that look from Riker to O'Brien like you, sh- you sure we shouldn't be going down there <laughs> <laughs> I don't also if everyone sh- should we send more than four pa- okay I'll just go it is strange that the whole thing do they they don't know at this point that the whole thing's been wi- wiped out that's they do the, not that's the end I, of the uh, apparently there are no sensor readings from the that's another thing that confused me why that wasn't did they explain that maybe they just did and we missed it but so far no but one thing I'll say, Geordi, Worf, Data, and Riker. Well, this is the A-team of away teams right here. Ooh, I love that. It Thank rhymes. You. The A-team of away teams. I know. So who's face? I mean, that's Riker, right? Sure. Uh, uh, Baracus has got to be Worf, right? He's like, probably hates flying is... in helicopters. And, oh, yes, he's Baracus, definitely. Yeah, and uh, you got yourself, uh, I feel like he is going to, you know, even, I'm sorry, Reg was not on this away mission, because it'd be a more <laughs> clear distinction here. <laughs> I don't think, would Reg be, uh, was it Mad Dog? What did we establish the name where the character was? Uh, not Mad Dog. Howling. Howling. Dog. Mad. Howling Mad. <laughs> Murdoch. Sorry, guys. Murdoch, whatever uh, the case. And then George Papard? Papard, it's obviously Data. Why is he obviously data? That doesn't fit at all. Well, I, I, I feel I, like I, I, Riker is George Papard. Well, and then who's face? I feel like Data's face. <laughs> but Data's not a not a rapscallion. rapscallion. You know, I guess I'm thinking like who's in charge of the team, sort of a thing. But uh, maybe you're right. Maybe we got to make face Riker. <laughs> this is the this well, is what you're looking for in a obviously in Picard. An analysis of best Picard. of both worlds, right? Well, you're the one who said the A team of away <laughs> that teams. That is true. I started it. I'm not blaming you. Mr. O'Brien, verify these are accurate coordinates for the new Providence colony. You idiot. Coordinates verified, sir. You're at the center of town. Here's a question. When he says town. Why don't you beam down? Right into the crater? No, no. With your tricorder out. Save yourself two and a half seconds. Did they have their phasers out, FYI? No, no. That seems they like they rarely should... will beam down with their phasers. Uh-huh. I guess that, that seems like good Federation. Yeah. It's good Starfleet. But still, it's it puts them in danger. I'll say that. Yeah. Riker pulls his immediately. They look. Am I just noticing this now? Is Brent Spiner left-handed? Hmm. Interesting. And then... 
Does that mean Sung was also left-handed? Whoa, or was he righty and he was like looking, building himself, thinking, oh, God, I always see myself in a mirror. If he didn't program Data to be ambidextrous, that's the dumbest thing ever. (laughs) Uh, Uh, By the way, just, ugh, they reveal a whole crater where the colony was. Uh, best best teaser ever. You know what? Here's a little uh, nitpick. Okay. Uh, when I feel like they should have been in the crater, because that, when right when O'Brien says, "I put you right in the middle of town," right, town you, is destroyed, and it's to their yeah, it's right to their side. left. Yeah. You know what they should have had? Uh, they should have had him uh, just before they cut out from the teaser. They should have had him go, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I beamed you a little bit farther outside of the town. By the way, the <laughs> exhale from – this is very funny to me. Like if you watch Worf in this, uh-huh. he, it's but, like he's so bummed. There's no one there to shoot to at. Fight. Um, you know, old-timey matte painting effects, not Matt Myra. Uh, for sure. So satisfying, though, to me to look at. Just yeah, inspiring and textured and cool. What if you just collected old man paintings? I would love that. Yeah, they're too big for you to actually display anywhere. You could have one. I got a giant wall that needs something. Maybe that's what I should put up there. There's one on Etsy from Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, I, I appreciate it. Really, wasn't my thing. You don't want a matte painting of the Upper West Side. <laughs> Is that really what it was? Yeah, I think so, yeah. All right, well, then you're selling it. <laughs> um, is it of the building? It's it's uh, the guy selling it as though it's the one when they're shooting down at the Stay Puft Man, the one, that, uh, Marshmallow Man. Uh, the one that was behind on him. The one that right, was behind him, but the angle doesn't match the image he's saying it's from. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. You're questioning this guy. No, nah, I'm just saying. All right, so Worf puts his phaser away. Real bummed he can't fight anyone. Right off the bat, this this episode's you got me hooked. Love uh, it. You love the uh, you love the cold open here. Great cold you're, open. You're like teased enough to come back, sit through all the credits, maybe one commercial break. Yeah, certainly, <laughs> minimally. Uh, I like that we get to see an Excelsior class ship up close again. Sure. A little loud. Well, it's on you. Turn it down. Admiral Hansen and Lieutenant Commander Shelby of Starfleet Tactical have arrived to review the disappearance of New Providence Colony. No sign remains of the 900 inhabitants. The truth is, hell, we are not ready. We've known they were coming for over a year. We've done nothing. We've been distracted. And you're convinced it is the Borg. We always say we should stay home and work on this, and then we go out. The initial descriptions of these surface conditions... I mean, look, what what are we supposed to do? There was a holiday? We shut down for a little while? I got invited to so many parties At the end of the day, Starfleet Academy is at Starfleet headquarters, and if they're not there, we're not there. You know what I mean? (laughs) Commander Riker wrote those reports. He agrees with you. Commander Shelby took over Borg tactical analysis six months ago. He's as talented as she is beautiful. A wide latitude when I want to get well, he gets done. he gets there. He sure does. That's how I intend to operate here. My priority has been to develop some kind, any kind of defense strategy. Obviously, nothing we have now can stop them. We've been designing new weapons, but they're all still on the drawing board. We expected much more lead time. Your encounter with the Borg was over 7,000 light years away. If this is the Borg, it would indicate... It was pretty cool, though, wasn't it? We were so far. Remember? 
We just, it's <laughs> like about. we spun out into space. You read our reports, right? I wrote those for you. Far superior to our own. I'd like to see the colony site as soon as possible, Captain. It'll be dark there in 30 minutes. We've scheduled an away team for dawn. Number one, why don't you show the commander? <laughs> It'll be dark there in 30 minutes. We haven't quite figured out light technology yet. That's a I don't know thing. if you want a flashlight or a floodlight, but we don't have them. <laughs> the monsters come out at night. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if they have to survey a planet that doesn't rotate, it right? Means... And the backside of the planet's always dark. Can you do that? They've got to have light. Do they have planets like that? Well, Romulan. Romulus is like that. Is Romulus always dark on one Romulus side? Romulus and Reman, it's a whole... It don't Remus? Remus and Romulus, one of them doesn't spin. It's a whole... Oh my gosh, that's so cool. It's a whole thing. It's our poker night, Admiral. It's always an open seat for you. Another time, Commander. Your captain and I have a lot to cover. But uh, rumor has it Commander Shelby has played a hand or two. FYI... Yeah. Um, this to me feeds into my ongoing increasing feeling that all the, you know, top ranking Starfleet officers are a little bit of a kind of a crappy boys club. Kind of like always like, hey, Admiral, would you like to join us? And like he has to prompt him to invite Shelby. That's a little messed up. Well, I think that um, Riker has a prior relationship with the Admiral. Yeah. And, and doesn't know I Shelby. Know. It just rubs me the wrong way whenever He's probably I played people poker with her, with him. See each before. other and they're like, hey, Riker, you old dog. Picard, how's it going? It's just like, uh, you know what? What about everybody else? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe they don't know the other people. Meh. <laughs> This guy, by the way, uh, this admiral, is uh, George Murdoch. Great name for an old-timey actor. Ooh, he was in a ton of Battlestar Galacticas as uh, Dr. Salek, the original. Galactica, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, police Story, Gunsmoke, Ironside, Banachek, all the old-timey ones. Let me see if there's anything from the era that we would know more likely. Um, Lois and Clark. As Burton Newcomb. You guys all remember that. Um, <laughs> there's nothing that... Uh, he was in X-Files as Elder in several episodes. Do you remember that? Elder no, two. not off the top of my head. Um, and nothing that stands out. Okay, what about Shelby? Torchwood. Shelby, Elizabeth Dennehy. I don't know why you didn't do that one first. <laughs> because I figured we'd be getting to her later. Oh. So, well, there. If, you, if, if I'm... If I'm if I'm getting to it too early, Andy. No, I just was, you know, I figured there was no rush because I would, I would have a lot of room. Um, first of all, the one that jumps out the most to me is she was in Seinfeld as the Drakehead, uncredited. I don't remember that. In the pilot. Why would you remember an uncredited role in the pilot of Seinfeld, a.k.a. the Seinfeld Chronicles? It's labeled. Yeah, I remember that. I, I like, actually, why would you remember I that? won a huge bet with a friend who said it was never called the Seinfeld Chronicles. Andy Serpa. This friend of yours. And he never paid me. He's not much of a nerd. I know. And he was also, we were both both massive Seinfeld fans. Hmm. I believe it was him. I apologize, Andy, if it wasn't you. Um, anyway, and then the other one she was in was the handicap spot as Allison. I remember the handicap spot episode. I don't remember. Okay. She was. Um, I don't know. Uh, Brooklyn Bridge. Next Generation was her second her second uh, part, the first one was Guiding Light. So that okay. is a very, very sure-handed performance for your second part out. Well, it's probably why she got the job. What do you mean? She was the best in the auditions. 
That doesn't <laughs> often, guys, and Matt knows this. Someone will kill it in the audition, and then you get him on set, and it's like, ooh boy, this did not turn out the way we wanted. Yeah, she was also in Gattaca as a preschool teacher. Um, the last man on planet Earth. A lot of sci-fi. Okay, nothing I'd know her from. Doesn't seem Taken like it. She was in Charmed in a bunch of episodes as Sandra. Cool. Rizzo- old man. <laughs> Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> USA classic, Rizzoli and Isles. Oh, wait, was it when USA? When came into town, the Embry Admiral's uncle had a take on this poor business. She cut through it. Why would every Admiral's uncle be able to comment? Never mind. That was probably pretty great for someone who's paying attention to the show. I'm, do you want to go back and explain that joke that I'm almost certain wasn't good to me? <laughs> He's hurting his career by staying put. And if I were you, I'd kick him in the rear end for his own good. Picard is affected I just by don't this. know why he would turn this down. Well, you know what my theory is, obviously. Yes. <laughs> is that uh, Riker is in love with Picard. And yeah. this, to me, this episode is all over that theory. That theory is all over the place. He's even asking himself in that later scene with Troy, I don't know, what's keeping me here? He hasn't faced it himself. There's no other logical explanation. I don't know exactly what I'm looking for, but we've tested the sections of the Enterprise's hull that were damaged by the Borg. There was some unusual magnetic resonance traces. A Borg footprint? I don't know exactly what I'm looking for, but this is exactly what I'm going to be looking for. She's saying the Borg footprint. She's trying to sort of tie it to the other stuff that she discovered about the Borg. What do you mean? Well, she... She says she doesn't know exactly what she's looking for, right? But then she says, I'm looking for the magnetic resonance we scanned off of your hull. Oh, I see what you're saying. But, yeah. I mean, she's not sure that that's going to be a All I'm saying is it's not a, not a great sentence. I, I agree with you. Um, that's mine. Before, before we get too far from it, uh, in the previous scene, I think I talked over it, uh, the Admiral's, like, hitting him with stuff like, where is it? She's a very impressive young lady, and, uh, and um, she's... It's right here, if you'd like to hear yeah, it or let's not. Let's hear it. Keep your eye on her, Jean-Luc. She's one very impressive young lady. You seem rather taken with her, JP. Just an old man's fantasies. This is weird. <laughs> that was super weird. So weird. Is that the time? Should that be gone by in Starfleet? Or they're so forward-thinking at this point that it's like, oh, I think eh, we all know what's going on. Oh, that's that's an interesting way to look at it. <laughs> uh, uh, but I'm I, a flawed human being, uh, and I'm interested in this this young. I thought it was woman. just so of the time of. 1990. Right, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The patriarchy running television. Not like today. No oh boy. <laughs> anyway, it, it struck me that he's I, clearly supposed to be... If I just let you wallow in your own things, then <laughs> you realize where we go wrong sometimes. What do you mean? Like this. That's me telling myself to edit you saying the naughty words. Not, oh, just I so don't we don't have to hear... Yes. All right. I just remember. What did he say? Remember. Are we recording now? This is being recorded right okay. now. <laughs> I can never tell. Sometimes he hits stop because he thinks he thinks the whole thing's gone off the rails, and we're talking for like five minutes, and I'm like, "This is gold. What are you doing? <laughs> How can you stop tape?" And we're back on the rails. <laughs> I appreciate any assistance you can offer. Tell me, Commander, 
is serving aboard the Enterprise as extraordinary an experience as I've heard. Every bit. Good. Because I intend to convince Captain Picard that I'm the right choice for the job. Job? Which job? Yours, of course. You see, you're, they're trying to, like, they're trying, I don't know why they're trying to paint her, but if they're trying to paint her as, like, oh, no, he better watch out, I don't buy it, because Riker, all she knows is that Riker's been offered command of his own ship. Uh-huh. So, I think she's being casual and nice, and being like, well, yours, because you're going to go be a captain. I th- I hear what you're saying. Here's my here was my inter- first of all side note and, and in contrast to what I just said about the the old boys club commentary. Um, I feel like this characterization of Shelby in this episode is fantastic. And if women feel differently, or are women listeners, please let me know because I feel like she's she's portrayed as competent, ambitious, but uh, you know. And I think there's like a question of that. Like later, it's sort of presented. Oh, is she being? too aggressive but I feel like everything she wants is totally legit she's she's good at getting it and I and I interpreted this thing with Riker as she really thinks he's leaving why wouldn't he yeah and um and I think this is just a little bit of uh of competitiveness that she wants to be Picard's next you know favorite person and so she has a little bit of uh, you know itchiness towards his ex Towards his ex, that being Riker, that she's she's he's walking out the door in her head, and he's she's already like he's going to forget you in a second because I'm going to show him how competent oh, and awesome I am. I you know I I as the subtext, I just look at it as like she wants this job. She assumes it's going to be vacant, right? And like I feel like. I think the music. I mean, is, it's just so crazy. Yes, the music is a little misleading. I think the music is more about Riker's reaction than it is about her yeah. intention. I will say, I noticed the score in this episode, and I thought it was great. I agree, especially. I think we'll get to it later. Especially, um, there's these choral arrangements when the Borg shows up that we, I don't believe, have heard in in Star Trek. That's which, how you know a good uh, aquarium from a bad one. You got a good choral arrangement in there. The little guy's got somewhere no. to hide. No, that's not what I. No, no. no. You got especially the saltwater tank. You know, no. you got these angelfish swimming I'm, around there. If you look at it, a choral arrangement that doesn't have a lot of places no, to hide, a, some of these fish aren't going to be happy. No, there's a. There's and then if they're not happy, they're going to die. And I, I got to tell you, this is a like sales a, of final here. Like a chorus. All sales of final here. Ugh. What are you telling me? You're in my shop. All right, just give me the fish. Okay. Have a good day, sir. It's going into cetacean ops. Mm. Whoa! <laughs> they're going to help you navigate in three dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> Aquarium guy who also knows about starships. Inappropriate for you to ask. I will buy another card, counselor. Also, in that scene, as usual, Data really still hasn't caught the <laughs> the hang of what people are doing in this poker game. It, it, Data is like as stupid as they need him to be when they need him to be. hundred percent. It's like I just don't Unless like. Unless he's messing with them, Andy theory. TM. Great theory, Andy. It's actually. A great theory. <laughs> it's the only thing that explains this. And also, in this in this poker game in particular, I think we've talked about it at length. Everything is in play of like, Diana. Why isn't she reading emotions? If she is, she's cheating. Same for Jordy. Same for Data. Like, well, well why isn't Jordy looking through the car? Exactly. So they're all they're all faking it to protect Riker's uh, ego. But they don't seem to care about Wesley's ego. 
No. I can't believe Wesley's folding a set of jacks here. It's crazy. Well, Wesley is just messing with messing with Riker and Three making him feel overconfident so we can later destroy him. Paradeuces stands. Flush possible straight flush. Hmm. Your bet, Mr. Crusher. I'm in for ten. Call. Side note. Also. There's your ten. String bet. That's a string bet. Not allowed. He's a, that's a string bet, everybody. Because he put some out and then he put in some more yeah, out. You yeah, you can't do that. That was your action, Riker. It's true. Not necessarily. Commander Riker may be bluffing Wesley. I don't think so, Fold. With three jacks? What are you kidding? You realize this isn't really money, right? But there's a lot you need to learn about poker. Unclear. Do they have money? Do they not have money? Well, I've only got two pair. But I've got to see your whole card. I'll call. <laughs> he should have mucked it. Should have what? He should have mucked it. Just said good call and not never shown the two. Can you do that? You're declaring that she wins the pot. Yeah, it's fine. You, you can don't just have to declare actually show. without showing? Yeah, you can muck the card and say you're good and then throw it. Is that what everyone does? No. Why wouldn't you always do that? Why wouldn't you always muck the card? Yes. I guess the important well, some thing people is don't. That... Some people do. Like you know, sometimes it's like good to let people know that I'm capable of bluffing, so that when they think you're bluffing the next time, you're actually you have it. So it's a strategic yeah. choice, one way or the other. You do you do? Are people offended or like, come on, bro, show the card? No, it's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've got a lot to learn about poker, Matt. <laughs> you do. Uh, poor Wesley, he lost out on all the fake money, uh, so now he won't be able to buy the fake. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what. What? What is? What is he gonna buy? Here's what they should do. They should. They should set it so it's like we all have a certain amount of money for say the beginning of say three months, and uh, and if you run out of money, you can't play in the game anymore, and that's the danger. Oh, I like that. That's good. Thank you, Andy. I think you solved Star Trek poker for me. <laughs> been bothering me for decades. Mr. Data and our guest appear to be tardy. Sir, Commander Shelby and Data beamed down to the planet's surface an hour ago. On whose authority? On hers. Don't you know how rank works? By the way, what a hard ass. He just walks in the room and says that they're late. Does that mean that he's also running late? <laughs> That's a really good point. Was he there? And that be- was he there on the dot? Yeah. <laughs> they're late. You can see they're late. I'm here at exactly 1100 hours. <laughs> they go down. I love the little interaction here. That's such a here. good point if they're late. Yeah, it's crazy. But like, I like the, uh, the data Jordy interaction here in this scene. Walk with me. I really like a lot of this. I like the walk with me. Walk with me through this radiated wasteland. Because she said early bird early catches the bird. worm. I believe Commander Shelby aired. There is no evidence of avid faunal or crawling vermicular life forms on Jure 4. You're That's particularly stupid in this episode, Data. But you're right. She aired. I love that. It's nice. I like it. It's I'm a good sorry, touch. I'm sorry, but I woke up early and I saw that a weather system was moving in. It could have affected the soil readings. So without any regard for the risk of coming down... Here's what I would have said, right? If I was her CEO right there. Yeah. If I was Riker, 
I would have said, oh, okay, so this thing here doesn't work pointing at the communicator you can't just say that you found a i'd be such i would be such a i'd be an even bigger dick than Riker. and like i i would like be like well okay thanks for looking at the weather now inform the rest of the team it's not like we're far away yeah we're on the same ship you don't have to. You don't have to. Uh, you take that tone with her, though, Matt. I mean, she's. No, I would have done it like. <laughs> oh, you couldn't find a thing. You couldn't hit this button here that makes anyone talk to anyone. I'm beginning to feel like Shelby. Riker, <laughs> 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 be a real <laughs> dick. But this is like this is like good military dickishness. Oh, uh, update from my mother and my father, both reaching out to inform me that when I said my father was E, whatever the hell I said, fourteen. As far as uh, enlisted uh, in the army, you get enlisted ranks. They go E one through E nine. I was like, he's fourteen. And my father's like, there is no fourteen. I was an E eight. No, only go, it only goes up to nine. Well, that's a reason. <laughs> so, I mean, I just wanted to say that to settle settle down the Myra text chain. It's Mary's Mary's on there. You know, you got uh, my dad's popping in. Mary's very vocal in the face group. Oh, is she ever? Alone. Really, Commander, if we ran into the Borg here, two extra bodies wouldn't have made a hell of a difference now, would they? We had three hours before the Stormfront hit. Less than two hours now. Data was available. I took him. We came. I don't see your problem. That's problem. when I would have been like... Sure. Yeah. Well, she would have provoked it at that point. to be notified before there's a change in my orders. Noted for future reference. I would have then said... Or does your communicator not work? Because we can issue you a new one... Wait, what would Again, you have I said, said the like first time? I would have just been hounding this just like endlessly. Let me ask you a question here. What is the protocol? Did she break protocol or she was just being a little disrespectful? Well, I mean, it's his away team. It's Riker's away team. He's leading the away team. I assume, but but O'Brien says it was on her authority, so I assume that he well, doesn't have to. Well, she is alert. outranked by O'Brien, right? Right. So if a commander comes in and says but if it's his but what i'm team, more surprised by is that data didn't say something because he would have been data's the third driven. in command yeah also he's always follows protocol yeah. it's been established it's why i wonder if anybody has any perspective on this in the service please let us know on federation of team messages oh god andy like oh my god do i have to tell you people andy, what it, i want to join starfleet don't oh boy what's wrong Guys, if we don't tell him, he'll never know. I can he'll hear just you. think I he can't go because on. he wears glasses. I can hear everything you're saying. Do you wish to hear my report, sir? No, I'm good. Go ahead. The soil contains the same... I would have been like... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to walk over there, and you hit this thing, and tell me your report. We'll make sure it works. Victor. resonance traces. That's our footprint. I'm on Shelby's no side. doubt anymore. It is the Borg. And if I was Shelby, I would have gone boom in his face. Captain <laughs> boom! <laughs> Suck it, Riker. It's the Borg. Sir, I understand that the Borg are coming, but I really need to do something about the communicators we've issued to everyone on board. Seems like Shelby's didn't work. Isn't are that you, right, Shelby? Are you still doing this sarcastic <laughs> bit, Riker? Assigned Data LaForge and Mr. Crusher to work with Commander Shelby. Good. You've covered all the bases. You always do. What's your impression of Shelby? She knows her stuff. She has your full confidence. Well, 
I think she needs supervision. She takes the initiative a little too easily, sometimes with risks. Sounds like a young lieutenant commander I recruited as a first officer. I'm in love with you. <gasps> Who said that? <laughs> well, what the hell are you still doing here? Sir, you've been off at the Melbourne. I've decided not to pursue that commission at this time. There's something emotionally stopping me. Yes, but she's not the Enterprise. With all due respect, sir, you need me, particularly now. Indeed. Starfleet needs good captains, particularly now. Reconsider your decision. Are you telling me to leave, Captain? I'm asking you to look at your career objectively. Well... You're ready to work without a net. You're ready to take command. And you know, Enterprise will go along just fine without you. Ooh. What am I still doing here? I mean, talk about heartbreak. Yeah. The Enterprise is going to get along fine without him. But what about you, Jean-Luc? But, Captain, you're not going to know when the communicators aren't working. You're, you're still <laughs> doing the bit about the communicate. I mean, Shelby's not even I in the room. I just don't understand why she wouldn't just tell me. She doesn't like you, all right? She wants to go down early. We'll go down early. It's fine. Jesus. Deanna, I pushed myself hard to get this far. I, I sacrificed a lot. Now, he's talking about... Hand motion to her means that he's talking about her. That's what he's. That's what's happening. I mean, unless that's just like some brilliant little... Uh, Frake's acting nuance and it's not scripted. Well, you know, he said I don't know, maybe even on this podcast he said that uh, that him and uh, and Marina kept it going even when it wasn't present in the uh, in the script. Yeah. Like they, they decided on their own that there was always some torch being held between those characters. Well, I, you know what? It's a, good bit of, it's a good bit of color for the scene, I think. The only thing that I'm curious of, and I don't know if it's ever established, is I feel like they go back and forth between whether it was him, or maybe they establish it. It's that, always him, I thought. That he was pursuing his career and she yeah, was sort of... Yeah, he was of, too busy with Starfleet. Starfleet. I just don't understand why they didn't start going out immediately, other than story-wise, if that's the reason, when they're on the Enterprise together. Oh, right. Like, that solves the problem. Well, I think they needed to have, like, you know how there's no conflict. That was, like, Gene Roddenberry's only source of conflict in the, right. in the script, in the, in the Farpoint script. Yeah. I always said I wanted my own command, and yet something's holding me back. Is it wrong for me to want to stay? What's what holding him back? <sighs> Maybe I'm just afraid of the big chair. I don't think so. I think you're in love with Picard. The captain says Shelby reminds him of the way that I used to be. And he's right. She comes in here full of drive and ambition, impatient, taking risks. But I always knew that the communicators worked. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Will. It's all over the ship. I like those things about me. I've lost something. You mean you're older? More experienced? By the way. I'll, 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 you know, joking aside about the um, Andy's theory that that Riker is in love with Picard, uh, as true as it may be. Putting that aside for a second, <laughs> yes, uh, I do. I like this sort of. I like this. I like this B story 
You know, what's interesting and in how it parallels... I don't know how to frame this. Parallels reality is like in TV shows, it's sort of your Gilligan's Island kind of uh, conundrum. You, you know, you're obviously always trapped into keeping the characters together, and you know because that's those are the people we love, and so sometimes they have to do backflips to keep the characters together. In this case, it kind of can dovetail with the way people act in certain work situations or even relationship situations, where it's like. Well, this was fucking. This was pillar. Yeah, he was in a contract negotiation. He didn't know if he was coming back. He didn't he know what thought to do. he wasn't coming yeah. back. Yeah, he was afraid of the big chair. This was a thing because I only read episode by episode. And th- was he afraid of the big chair? Was that the issue? I don't know. Because also say well, maybe he just wanted the big chair to himself. Um. May- yeah, that's certainly the great bird of the yeah. galaxy. Um, looking over him. You know, or Berman, or you know, it's right. just like there's so many. In the thing I read, it seemed to be implying, this is the way it was broken down. I think Ira Bear uh, was the one who was talking about this. Ira Stephen Bear, creator of Deep Space Nine. Uh, oh, is that true? Yeah. Um, he was basically saying that Michael Pillar has, was not fully comfortable with the staff. And I don't know if they kind of were a little bit uh, questioning of his command or something. But they were, they were, he was just, it was never really, I think he he sort of referred to him as a little bit, um... Standoffish? Yeah, or, or, I don't know, if he compared him to Data at some point in some ways, but not in an unflattering way. But whatever the case, uh, because of that, this is the way it's laid out, and this is insane. He said that in this episode, he basically broke the story by himself and said to him and Ira was like do you want to bring it into the room and we'll kick it around and whatever and he said you know what I think I have a feel for this one yeah and he just went into a room and wrote what I mean certainly up to this point I would say hands down the greatest episode of of Next Generation I've seen Mm -hmm. by himself basically and with very minor changes from the room which is very very unusual to say the least totally oh michael pillar that guy's a genius like great is he dead yeah i think we've talked about that before yeah but it didn't have meaning to me before now and i realized he was he wrote you know the greatest next generation episode <laughs> he does uh he does he does he did a lot he did a lot of great so he wasn't track here so that was his his wife or some other person who was selling his book at uh at uh star trek vegas I don't know. I don't know either. I didn't see. Anyway, that makes me sad. What? Do you want to be not sad? You, you, sure. I mean, we'd be so lucky to have written to, to have left a legacy like Michael Miller. <laughs> it's true. Um, I think you're forgetting the karate episode of Goldberg's. Oh no, no, I remember it. I remember it. Yeah. Seasoned. Seasoned. A horrible thing to say to a man. Go one generator and another one takes over without interruption. What kind of damage would we have to do to shut them down? Projections suggest that a Borg ship like this one could continue to function effectively even if 78% of it was inoperable. And our best shot barely scratched the surface. Well, from what I've seen, I can't believe that any of these new weapon systems can be ready in less than 18 months, Commander. We've been projecting 24. Is there anything we could do here to adapt our current defense systems? We'll have to go through the specs again, but I don't know. My mind's turned to clay. 
Mine too. I think we should look at modifying the plasma phaser design. Commander, I think we should call it a night. That's an order. We'll reconvene at 0500. Sir, if I may be allowed to continue with Mr. Data, who does not require rest. You need rest, Commander. If we have a confrontation with the Borg without improving our defenses... If we have a confrontation, I don't want a crew fighting the Borg at the same time they're fighting their own fatigue. Dismissed. I think I would be on Shelby's side here. Do you really? I mean, if we were Look. facing the Borg. Uh, Riker's right. Yeah. He doesn't want... Like, what if she stays up with him? Also, don't they have stimulants and crap? <laughs> Everyone's coked up on the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go to Holodeck 4. Have you seen that? I mean, it's a great thing. I'm just We're gonna stop them this time. Oh, We're gonna stop those Borg. Oh, oh, we're gonna fight them so bad. <laughs> More power. <laughs> I gotta tell you something, Wesley. I love you. I just feel like we've always connected. I and feel we were just like the greatest. a warp core. <laughs> <laughs> the entire crew on cocaine. It must be amazing, Jordy, that you can just see through shit. Oh, my God. Jordy, can you see through that I love you? Can you see into my soul? Uh, is there a God? One of them's in the fetal position under Picard's desk. <laughs> do, do you think he can see me? <laughs> anyway. I'm going to walk slowly in this direction. She gives Riker a ton of hilarious side-eye in this show. In 1900 hours yesterday, the USS Lalo departed Zeta Alpha 2 on a freight run to Septal Minor 4. Are you just Uh, saying nonsense? Sir, that's gibberish, sir. (laughs) At 2200 hours and 12 minutes, a distress signal was received. Sir, uh, if you don't mind, I, I just want to stop you for a second. Uh, what? Commander Shelby, uh, have you noticed that he's talking to us through some sort of device? I don't understand how oh, this all Jesus. works. I can't believe he hasn't dropped this But like yet. I'm just saying, he has information for us and he's letting us know. Will, I've decided to replace her with you. Uh, replace you with her. It's, uh, repa- so wait, you're replacing me with her? It. Yes. So I'm going to go work for the admiral? No, I'm going to. Uh, sorry. What's happening? You know what? Just tell me later. You could you could hit this. You could hit this comm badge here and let me know later. O'Brien, please beam him out. The Lala reported contact with an alien vessel described as cube-shaped. The distress ended abruptly. The Borg would be the only one stupid <laughs> enough to design a, shape that look, a ship that looked like a cube. And she's not been heard from since. Mr. Data, how long would it take to get there at warp nine? So they just had visual contact and saw it was a cube? We're coming with every available starship to assist, Captain. By the way, do you think he's going warp nine because he doesn't want to tax the engines? Or do you think he's going warp nine because he doesn't want to go warp 9.65? Or what? This is the eternal. Why is he not going maximum warp? It's the eternal Maybe he just doesn't want to put the engines under stress in a situation where he's going to need all the power he can muster in a battle. The closest help is six days away. We'll try and keep them occupied until you arrive. I know you will. Hands it out. All hands. Mm, Bob. And two battle stations. Commander Shelby, what is the status of our defense preparation? <laughs> All hands to battle station. Worf just walks out. <laughs> That's me. Forge has a plan to modulate shield mutation. Hopefully that'll hold them off for a while. 
At the same time, we'll be retuning nice bases to higher EM base emitting frequencies. Try to disrupt their subspace field. What's your assessment of our potential effectiveness? It's a shot in the dark, Captain. But for now, it's the best we can do. Dismissed. I love Patrick Stewart's energy. What if he just fell asleep? <laughs> oh. I can't let them know I'm having bouts of... I, I don't do coke like the rest of the crew. I can't stay up. It's in my tea. I gotta go. Earl Grey. Hot. Why is this not clicking? Fuck this, man. Uh-huh. It's Maybe hit play? I mean, it's... Unidentified vessel just entering sensor range. Bearing 210, mark 151. It's cube shaped. We are the Ferengi. <laughs> oh no. Can't you see I'm busy, Ferengi? Yes, but are you making a profit? <laughs> My new, uh, That's about on par with my, my Australian accent. <laughs> it's my new Ferengi uh, voice. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, rebooting the whole system here. I've lost secondary power. Here we go. Back in. Uh, while he's doing this, 20 minutes in before we see the villain. Bearing 210. And I gotta tell you. Satisfying 20 minutes. So satisfying. It dramatically moves forward. We hear things about, about Riker we've never heard. You delve into the character in a perfect way that's that's organic to everything we've seen before with him. Um, just, I mean, that finally with Shelby, the sitting, great teaser with Shelby sitting there, that chair to the left of the captain makes sense. <laughs> it really, yeah, it finally does. <laughs> Where did Troy go when she's sitting there? I guess it'd be funny if Troy was just sort of lurking in the background. Well, they're like they probably like had a talk with her, and were like, listen, uh, we know the Borg don't yeah, have don't emotions. Really so. care what the Borg are feeling. Why don't you just? Why don't you open up your daily appointments? We don't need you on the bridge. I'd like to get up. There it is, the famous, famous line. Magnify. It's magnify. <laughs> Listen to those choral arrangements. Mr. Wolf, dispatch a subspace message to Admiral Hanson. We have engaged the Borg. I mean, it's, it sounds like uh, Qui-Gon Jinn's battling uh, Darth Maul in here. Andy, we're back. We're back. <laughs> it was You uh, left us to go see John Williams. Oh, my God. I mean, I know. Speaking of choruses totally and us. great, uh, <laughs> wonderful uh, scores. But it's like 1130 at night, and uh, I am so pumped right now. <laughs> like, I've just, I don't know if you guys know what's going on. The Hollywood Bowl is doing, they do it every year. They have John Williams doing a medley of all of his stuff at a, with a live orchestra. And that in and of itself is just just a, a nerdgasm. But uh but this year, and it's also on top of which, you know, you don't know how many more years uh, the, the great maestro will have in him for these things. Spielberg shows up and uh, is walking you through a clip with and without, with and without the music. 
was it the same clip? Yeah, it was the same clip. So that's I oh, offered boy, Matt oh, to boy. come, this and patter, Matt was this patter. His patter is rehearsed. Yeah, it is rehearsed. It's not <laughs> off the cuff. Certainly, I was actually very impressed. He didn't have cards or anything. He was just he was just rattling it off. Well, that's he cool. took because uh, when he shows the clip of um, Last Crusade, which uh, we're on record as Matt having loved in mind, not having been a fan of. Yes. Um, and his whole point is and that was funny how. Go ahead. I was going to say, that was funny today. You got far enough down the hallway. We had to go through the back of the house, and you got far enough down the hallway to be right next to the poster of The Last Crusade. I know. We had a long conversation the next to The Last Crusade. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so he's up there. Yeah. Honestly, it, it bumped my... It was in my head, and I was like, Ugh, I don't like being near this poster. <laughs> um, but, this time uh, he's bringing his dad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he shows the thing without the... You know, with just... With no music. And his whole point is like, look how dry and, you know, and, and colorless this is without that. It's so slow feeling without the, the magic of John Williams. And I was like, well, I don't know if it's that much. It certainly helps with John Williams in there. But um, whatever the case. Uh, Andy's a big, big uh, anti-River Phoenix guy. He always has been. To do with River Phoenix. Always will be. He did the best he could. <laughs> With what he had <laughs> under the circumstances. None, nonetheless, all God, that, all you know that, what a very critical place for me to start was saying. Basically, this that was one of the most magical things I've ever seen in my life. I spent so much money <laughs> to sit like twenty or thirty feet away from these people that I've obsessed over my whole life, and I was just basically watching Spielberg sit on stage watching the the boulder scene from Raiders with a full orchestra being conducted by John Williams at the the ET uh bicycle chase uh you know and he's watching the clips as I'm watching the music it's every cinemaphile and nerd circuit in my brain was frying i was like had tears in my eyes were you it just, was embarrassing were you just watching spielberg the whole time watching? i was a hundred percent just watching spielberg <laughs> john williams has back to us i was watching john williams because he has a very delicate touch as a conductor sure, my grandfather he, was a conductor fyi oh that's i that's i didn't know that so i have that that thought in my head too that's very cool uh just so wonderful on every level um, so yeah, when we were recording earlier today and the, um, that part right there where the chorus was kicking in is exactly where the tape stopped. I right. say tape. It's, it was a memory card that just filled up with our bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know what guys, I'm out. Yeah. The, the memory card said no mas. <laughs> yeah. We've had enough. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, the long, we had to take a break. A lot of things happened today. As much chaos and creation that went into the first season of TNG, they were they were present for us being sent out for. Uh, for oh, that's supplies, there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And if you're an excellent adventure listener, you can hear Dory and I uh, doing commentary for that exact moment. It was very meta today, just because Andy had already gone because he had to get to that show with the the amazing John Williams Spielberg. Well, it's essentially what I'm going to call. Andy went to go watch Spielberg watch John Williams. <laughs> It's worth every penny. <laughs> By the way, I bought a poster that was basically John Williams, you know, at the Hollywood Bowl, and it has the Hollywood Bowl circle uh, drawn in kind of cool modern style as uh, the Jaws mouth. So, oh, that's that. very cool. I'm a big fan of Jaws. Uh, so I've heard. I don't know if you know this, but sometimes we do a segment here called Jaws Corner. Well, we should get a Jaws Corner <laughs> in there somewhere. 
<laughs> I don't know, what, how do we launch into a Jaws con, or is it just you saying something about it? It's just me. It? It's usually like, a, it's whenever anyone says any sort of like line that, or word that reminds me. Whenever anyone says 20 or 25, right. I immediately, my brain jumps to the scene where Robert Shaw corrects Richard Dreyfus when Richard Dreyfus says, that's a 20-footer. And he goes, 25. <laughs> like, oh, sure. I can't hear those numbers. Because he's a, he's a. Without going into Jaws He's corner. an intuitive specialist. Oh, uh, Richard yeah. Dreyfus is just a... Just a uh, man of science. Yeah, he's just been in a lab the whole time. Anyway, speaking of labs and science... Right. How, are the, how is the Enterprise going to get out of this one? Let's see. They've just engaged the Borg. Okay. And we have hopefully just re-engaged the audience. <laughs> Let's hope so. FYI, yeah. Did you uh, do you want to tell them what your plan was going? To, one of the all, one of the possible plans was. I, I, I part of me really wanted to because it stopped. Well, even before I said it would. Wouldn't it be very funny, Andy, if we just ended the podcast in the middle and made people wait a week to hear the rest of the show and put the sting music that it yeah. has at the end? We we're going to play the sting right after uh, Riker says fire and. Uh, you know, look, uh, we thought better of it. <laughs> I said, it would have been I said, very You funny. have to put an explanation. They'll I didn't even want to do that. Minds. I didn't even want to do that. I would say certainly comedically, that is definitely the purest choice. I yeah. just feel like you would have given people meltdowns. I did have a thought today, or this evening. I was like, well, why didn't I just do that? You know, mm-hmm. something strikes me as funny. What's the worst that can happen? They'd have to wait, and then the rest of it comes out. Wouldn't they be mad? They don't <sighs> care if they're mad. You know, they'll, they'll accept my not apology. Uh-huh. And come back, I hope. Anyway, here's the, uh, you know, when I was a kid and... Look at uh, that shot. We're looking at a shot of the Enterprise being dwarfed by the cube at the top of whatever act this is. What is this? The third act, I think? Um, What's the time code there to let them look? It's it's the shot right after we've engaged the Borg. Uh, So it's about 18 and and a half minutes in. So beautiful. Um, But it's, you know, when I was a kid, I just remember looking at that ship and just going like hey that's all the pieces that are left over after you pull all the pieces off of a model kit definitely right <laughs> like it's such a but it just i liked that's it gotta i be, was like oh i feel like i could make that that had to be model building 101 because that's basically that's how they built the surface of the death star too right De- well yeah i mean it was all kit bashing is what yeah. they call it i think we've mentioned kit bashing here before yeah, not not from Knight Rider. Yeah, we're not we're, we're not, not advocating. We're not bashing no. Knight Industries two thousand. Yeah. Okay. We think that the Knight Foundation has done a lot of great work, you know. It's true. A lot of great five and a half inch floppies inserted into him to update him. <laughs> that, <laughs> Way, to go, Way to go, Bonnie. Way to go, Bonnie. You are being hailed. I, I, I love that. Yes, Captain. By name. Hello. Is this uh, Jean Picard? I didn't mean to put him through, but it said, I want to talk to Poopyhead. <laughs> and sir, I thought that was you. <laughs> Mr. Wolf? <laughs> we faced a J25. Uncertain, Commander, but the dimensions are precisely the same. J25 was the name of the other Borg ship? On screen. Uh, J25, I believe, was the sector they were in when they encountered oh, that gotcha. previous Borg ship. I'm Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Jean-Luc Picard, Captain of the Starship Enterprise Registry NCC-1701. I know what the registry is. ...shields and prepare to transport yourself aboard our vessel. If you do not cooperate, we will destroy your ship. You have committed acts of aggression against the United Federation of Planets. 
Hold transmission. Number one, how did they know where where the D? <laughs> the sir, it's written it's on the outside. It's written on the hull. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, I don't go out there. <laughs> Draw immediately. You will surrender yourself, or we will destroy your ship. Your defensive capabilities are unable to withstand them. What the hell do they want with you? FYI. I wish she was like, could be my huge dong. I don't know. That's the card. <laughs> what do they want with you? <laughs> and then he's like, whoops, I'm on the bridge. <laughs> um, I looked up, uh, it was an interesting and effective choice for the Borg voice. In the prior ones, interestingly, it was Hurley and somebody else. And uh, in this one, it's uncredited. And I think it's a very effective, I wonder if it was in somebody like around the, you know, like an editor or something, because it's kind of a bland colorless voice which is really effective for the Borg because they're like this characterless sure you know mass of humanity or probably layered or like 900 times over like yeah. uh, but I'd, it sounds like a middle a terrifying middle manager <laughs> <laughs> you will get your reports on time number one what oh god you were 12 minutes late the other day I we noticed, noticed. Oh, we noticed. You're right. It would be we noticed. It's only our technology. Our priorities seem to have changed. Open. Channel open. We have developed new defense capabilities since our last meeting. And have we, we are prepared Shh. to use them if you do not withdraw from Federation space. Captain, shields are being probed. They're going to totally know you're lying. <laughs> Borg are attempting to lock onto us with their tractor beam. Low torpedo base, arm phases, lock coordinates on the source of the tractor beam. What is Shelby doing there? Holding and what is Riker doing? I mean, look, Riker, I think Riker's display is usually like system, um, like systems. Dating apps? System dating apps. <laughs> he's checking to see if anyone's matched with him from the lower decks. Sure. You know. He's uh, made his way through the entire saucer section, and he's just trying to Number one, see can you the, focus on uh, the task honey? at hand? Honey, do you need... Would you like us to be a little louder while you try to sleep? Wait, uh, what did you say? I didn't hear you. What did she say? Did you hear her? No, I had earphones on. She pointed at the back, and then... Mm-hmm. I don't know what she means. Does she want us to go out for more salty? I, do I need to do something? <laughs> honey? I don't know. Okay, guys, look at we're learning a lot about pregnant Dory. Pregnant Dory. Sometimes I don't understand what she's saying. Sometimes I, 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 I she says jump, and I say how high. Sure. Other That's going to be your job for a while. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be my job for a long time. Does she want the doors closed? She would have closed them herself. I'm just going to keep podcasting as though nothing else is happening, okay. and I have lost my train of thought completely. Oh, I think. Um, Riker is continuously looking at like damage reports and stuff from the ship. Like ship statuses are on his because uh-huh. like usually whenever there's like, I bet you Shelby is is calculating other ways to kind of fight back or take down the Borg. She's oh, theorizing. I thought she was just looking at weaknesses for Riker. That's her real enemy. <laughs> she's like she's got like a, <laughs> a, a a figure of Riker on her screen and it's pointing to he's got a bad sensitive. knee from his uh, martial yeah. arts with his father <laughs> gets upset when people make fun of his height they have the ability to analyze and adapt commander 
I like, love. You don't need that nine. You don't need that. You don't need to be like that, Riker. I get it. That's. I love the side eye she shoots him right there. That is amazing. Well, I mean, he's getting it over here, too. Yeah, he's like, what's going on here? Is there something you're not telling me, number one? <laughs> Are you now my number three? It is an unnecessary <laughs> swipe. It totally. God, this the, their whole, the move, the, the synchronized, oh, God, you got to move. The way they did that is so funny to me, where they're just like, they had different levels, one to ten, right? Uh-huh. Of how much they needed to shake themselves. Right. And then they would just like be a guy over here, like next to the camera, going, you know, five, <laughs> and they'd all do it in sequence. It didn't. It doesn't bump me generally. No, it never does, yeah. except when it's stabilized. Then right. it's very funny. You've right. seen the like stabilized uh, gifs where they they stabilize the image so that the, <laughs> so the camera's not shaking, and it just looks like like oh, for instance like. Uh, like Kirk is just spinning in a circle. Right. Like it's very, uh, very funny. If you uh, anyone out there wants to go look for that, please do. Shield modulation has failed. They've locked on. They are very flustered by the modulation. Shields are being drained. Ninety percent. Eighty. Trying to recalibrate mutation. Damn. Shields have failed. Final weapons. Okay. Their subspace field is a-, a. No, no, it's the D. D. You know, say the first thing. Yeah. Fucking awesome. <laughs> Just nothing Secunda loves more than a full-out space battle. Oh, lasers, torpedoes, things firing back and forth. Lasers, Andrew. What did I say? Lasers. Did I say lasers? You sure did. Oh man, there's a lot of things going back and forth. <laughs> we don't know what the Borg's using. Oh, that's true. And then the second thing is, um, I think you're gonna you're gonna love getting into this. So it's firing from the center. It's firing from the the um, disc, the the top of the Enterprise. Yeah, it's saucer section. Saucer so it's section. Got a ventral phaser. And then it's also firing phasers from under the warp nacelles, like on those yeah those two beams? those two strips right there are phasers. I didn't know that they had phasers there. Did they All just those, invent that those, here? No, no, no. You see those gray when you look at the Enterprise. Um, I, we'll see an exterior shot in a second here, and I'll show you. Tapped. New phaser frequencies had no impact. Reverse engines. Full reverse. We're not moving. Find it well. Launching torpedoes. Phaser sprint continuing. Look at how excited Worf is. Still no damage to the Finally. <laughs> um, can you see it here? I think if this thing goes away. There are the you look for these gray strips. Essentially, this right here, yeah, phaser array. Oh, that's a phaser array. Um, so that can shoot from anywhere yeah. outside of that. Yeah, that's kind of cool because that's almost like old timey uh, sea ships that they had cannons lining. Oh up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Warning: outer hull breach. They are cutting into the hull. Engineering section. Jordy, evacuate engineering. Computer, evacuation sequence. This is a this is an unconvincing, uh, unconvincingly it, blocked scene. It's one of the many many times, <laughs> well, many many. There's a number of times where Levar Burton is like, "Let's close that door, and I'm going to roll under it and do my own stunt." <laughs> do you think he? We were watching us in a, uh, an episode recently where he did his own fallback stunt that was very impressive. 
Look, I think the more we watch Star Trek, the more impressed by LeVar Burton we're all going to be. I think he's a badass. However, I will say, and this is really more a little bit more on the director, although this is an impeccably directed episode, certainly. Um, the thing's closing. And be careful. Cliff Ball's here. He's, oh, no, is he our special guest? <laughs> yes. Oh, he's our surprise guest. Uh, just kidding. We don't have a surprise guest. Um, he so easily could... Well, just like duck under this. <laughs> he does a roll for no reason. And I think that's a little bit on how they shot it. <laughs> I'm showing Andy a little bit of a stabilized oh footage God. over here. That's amazing. But the really great one is the uh, classic uh, the classic track here. We're just going to. I don't want to. I think Spielberg was acting a little sad when uh, with the E.T. scene. I was certainly tearing up. And oh, he was looking like he was affected. E.T. is, uh, isn't that like his his, yeah. his his baby? And I wonder if he was just doing it because he was feeling the vibes from us, or... That's amazing. <laughs> They're just shaking around. Yeah. Uh, so there's a... If you, you know, go look for it on YouTube, it's there. There's not a lot of handles for a ship that's shaking around as much as... Agreed. Agreed. There are more like Riker's the, grabbing the bottom of his chair like a schmo. The Enterprise E has some handles placed right. on some consoles here and that there. Makes sense. Um, but the D maybe does not. What, maybe that's the purpose of the horseshoe. Andy's theory. Well, Andy. there's a deleted scene uh, from Star Trek Nemesis. Yeah. Does this count as a spoiler from telling you a deleted scene from a movie that you haven't seen? Does it reveal anything about the plot? No. Then I well, okay. well, I don't know. Uh, Captain Picard is uh, a new chair is getting installed for Captain Picard it finally has seat belts <laughs> I think that's fine <laughs> well I just didn't want to spoil for you that his old chair breaks <laughs> just kidding well it does I guess I mean he just it's all needs upgrades anyway LaForge rolling under here we go decompression danger deck 36 section 4 that looks silly honestly like it would be funny if when he went through he gave it a little bit of a, like a fist pump like yeah Foot. <laughs> like it's a foot and a half too high for that to definitely happen. yeah and honestly it could have been it could have been fixed with just one more oh i gotta do one more thing at this panel and then running back yes you know? that's why andy would make a good director if any of you turn into a successful showrunner, please Andy, hire Andy Segunda. Can you bring in your reel? Um, yeah, it's this four and a half second clip from a podcast I did. <laughs> and that's why I'd make a good director. <laughs> now, I don't work on Tuesdays. <laughs> Random settings, keep them changing. Don't give them time to adapt. Yeah, so this whole thing, right? This is a phaser array as well. Oh, so cool. So essentially, every anywhere you see this um, this sort of uh, ribbed gray stripe on board the hull of the Enterprise, that's a phaser array. Does it always do that when it shoots, or is it only doing that because she's modulating the Only phaser? because he's modulating. Gotcha. Usually it's a steady beam. Very good. I mean, if that's not a pew, 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 I don't know what is. <laughs> it sure is, here's, here's the only problem with Patrick Stewart's acting in this entire episode. Okay. I don't think his legs would be crossed right there. <laughs> he does seem super casual. <laughs> He's pretty casual. He's very casual. For his ship being cut into and them trying anything they can to break free. Computer, Earl Grey, hot. Oh, wrong time? <laughs> his legs are crossed. Yeah. Like, And I even think Riker's like, oh, what's going on with the captain? <laughs> the tractor beam has been released. Warp 9, of course. 151 Mark 330. Shelby is super cocky about her data move in that scene, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. She's like, I mean, how like, about that? Suck on that, Riker. Your robot didn't think of that. He's an <laughs> android. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't study on him. 
Look at it taking off, and there comes the cube right after it. A lot of really beautiful detail on the cube. They're in pursuit, Captain. From all the kit bashing. Damage report, Jordy. It is a shitstorm. engineering, the damage is pretty heavy. We lost a lot of good people down there. Eleven dead, eight more unaccounted for, Captain. It's probably nine, nineteen dead, probably. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Who knows? They didn't get to the core. I can control functions from here. Is Barkley okay? Now approaching the Paulson Nebula, sir. Here's the thing I'd like to. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm add gonna a. Theorize something. No, no, I'm gonna add a, I'm gonna add a safety feature to. Um, starships. Okay. Right. So you know how uh, when a hull breach happens, Andy, the containment field uh, sort of just sends a force field across the broken part of the hull, right? Okay. And, and restabilizes it. All right. And it doesn't it doesn't necessarily happen quick enough for the whole section of the hull to be destabilized, right? So whatever deck that the hull is punctured, it destabilizes. Things get sucked into space, right? Uh huh. Here's a safety feature. It might just it might just cost too much, so Starfleet's not going to implement it. Whatever. That's an interesting question. Are they are they restricted by costs? Yeah. Also, it might be too much of a power consumption situation. But okay. I would say that when they're at an alert status, okay, and they and the computer senses a hull breach is about to happen. Uh-huh. Here's what I would like. I would like every transporter on the Enterprise to interlock. And use all of their bullshitty locating data, right? Uh-huh. And then I would like it to... Because they have to know, right? At depressurization, there's got to be a formula for how far out something will get sucked out of the ship uh-huh. and how long it will take it to go whatever. So they do a quick... The transporter does an auto scan uh-huh. as soon as the hull breach happens right. for any organic oh, matter outside the ship. This is smart. And it's immediately beamed back into the ship. Yeah. Because you can survive in space for like... A minute. Is that true? Well, it's not a minute, but you Certainly can Certainly in survive. movie logic, you can. You can survive in outer space. Mm-hmm. You know, not long, which is why we need all these interlocking Heisenberg compensators. Right. Pattern buffers, whatnots. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. It didn't make sense, but Matt fixed it. I know. No, it needs to be more fit. of a... I need a jingle mm-hmm. for when I improve Starfleet operations. All right. It happens more than he's requesting it. Yeah, here's a here's an additional thought. Yeah, and it kind of jumps on a little bit of what Discovery was doing a little bit, but I don't think they went this far. What about just extending the shield around the people that get shot into space? Oh, this shield has already collapsed. Yeah, because the oh, whole breach mind. is happening. Right, never mind. Yeah, dumb. Seconded was dumb. No, no, you got there on your own, and I think that's part of the critical thinking exercise <laughs> that this podcast is for you. <laughs> Andy, this podcast doesn't go anywhere. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> what do you think of that? Oh, I didn't see. The, the move shall be out of the way, so he can oh, go that, back up to the... That is I li- very that's strange. Like, that's a good touch. Yeah. I, I like that move. That she's like, hey, she's like um, I'm still in charge of the bridge. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it it's very, it's like a, such a, it's a good character moment. Now, I was going to think, he was, he was basically saying, um, I kind of stand here in uh, dramatic situations. <laughs> so, essentially, yes, yeah. right? Right. I mean, I know it's just a metaphor, but, uh, you know, the crew likes to see me, you know, in charge here. Take us in, Hanson. <laughs> I like to get as close as I can to the 
200-inch screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's 3D, you know. By the way, I like that Picard had this nebula planned out. He's like, okay. Yeah. Boom, boom. Here's where we're going. Was he the one who found it? Yeah. Oh, good job, Picard. The field's getting too dense, sir. Steady. And is this just a subtle Star Trek II reference? I think anytime anyone goes into a nebula to confuse sensors, it's just always going to be a Star Trek II sen- uh, reference. You sure. know what I mean? I do. I just feel like they were the first ones to do that. So smart. Were they the first ones? What happened in... Um, are there sensors just out in um, in TOS Balance of Terror? Uh, Andy, you look like you're pretending to type. <laughs> Um, it was... They're both flying blind, right? The Romulans and the Enterprise. Isn't... I think that the Romulans are just cloaked. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So they are they are flying they're blind looking in a at, sense. Like, echoes and yeah, all the yeah, yeah. indications. Yeah. Nonetheless, so, so smart, Nicholas Meyer. Good job. 82% dilithium hydroxyls. Magnesium, chromium should provide an effective screen against their sensors, Captain. Mr. LaForge, prepare to reverse engines. Full stop. I love it. That ominous ship floating it's a great, in. Great, great sound. Borg ship is dig into who scans, does the sound. Attempting to locate us. Good. As long as they're looking for us, they won't hurt anyone else. Love this shot. Time oh, index that's great. Four. That's very Trek Data 2, started. too. Uh, this looks like Riker does not give a shit. He's, like, sleeping Yeah. <laughs> in this conference room shot. Ugh, when is Shelby going to shut up? Ugh, yep, yep, yep. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right, Jordy? Am I right? I, I think she's making no, some good Jordy, points. yep, yep, yep. Right? I don't know what's going on with you, Riker. Yeah, look, maybe I'd be able to hear her if she'd use her communicator. You know what I mean? Oh, Riker. no. Still on that. Just lay off. Slow playback. Take a closer look, Commander. Mr. LaForge? There's a 2% drop in power for an instant. Remember when I did this awesome thing? Phaser frequency spread was in a high narrow band. Conceivably, the ship's power distribution nodes are vulnerable to those frequencies. If we can generate a concentrated burst of power at that same frequency distribution, I mean a lot more than anything our phasers or photon torpedoes could ever provide. How do we do that? The main deflector dish. The only component of the Enterprise designed to channel that much power at controlled frequencies. And programmed. Unfortunately, there is one slight detail. In the process, the blast completely destroys the Enterprise as well. Cool. If we could get further away, increase the deflector's range. It could work. In the meantime, we should retune all phasers, including the hand units, to the same frequency. Proceed. I'll inform the captain. There is one other recommendation I'd like to make, Commander. Separate the saucer section. Assign a skeleton crew to create a diversion. We may need the power from the saucer's impulse engines. But it would give them more than one target to worry about. It's too great a risk. I'd like the captain to make that decision, sir. Commander, I bring all the alternatives to the captain's attention. That'll be all. <laughs> you get it right, Data? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't, I don't understand. Actually, I think I'm dumb in this episode again. <laughs> I think you're both acting very strangely. I like the character of Commander Shelby. I love, I don't know, love is strong. Uh, do I love her? Can no. you get on board the like train with me, pal? All right. I'll you don't have to like. go to the extreme. 
so she's done. We're just on a commuter rail right now. I know it's a spoiler question, but she's done after this episode. We don't see her again. Uh, she's in part two. No, I understand, but there's no... Uh, the, like that character doesn't come back. That is a great character. I agree. That is one of the great female characters in a way where it. Although you do all the things with this female character that we're constantly complaining they don't do with Deanna and Beverly. Yeah, she's strong. She's efficient. She's competent. She's uh, she's and she's got some spice too. Like there's like not. She's not an empty character. In a she way, has flaws. She's a proto Burnham. I feel like even Burnham's a much more nuanced character. Well, yeah, she has the whole backstory we get to learn. You know what the thing is? This uh, Shelby feels like TOS. I think that's why I like her so much, she and that's probably like why TOS. I like. You know, I watched today. That's I, why I like Ensign Rowe too. I watched um, while you were watching Spielberg watch Spielberg movies. Uh huh. Don't make, don't make fun of me for that. That is the, one of the highlights of my life, and I stand by it. It's uh, it's not meant to make fun of you. It's just a funny way to describe. You can't. You. I'm, I guess I'm gonna, with the way I should phrase it is, you can't make fun of me because that was amazing. <laughs> um, Andy wrote a paper on John Williams, I which did. she only shared with me later in the day in college. I mean, this guy. Not it, was a, only... it was a whole presentation too, as I remember. Did you ever like drive over to Boston to see him? No, I shouldn't have. Yeah, I think the idea of going to Boston was just beyond me as a as a teenager. It's a train. It's certainly easy. <laughs> Very easy. Yeah. Somebody pointed out to me how close Toronto is to uh, the state of New York, and I was like, "No, oh, I never thought about that before." I mean, it's, New Yorkers are very it's, on their island based in their heads. Uh, Canada is so close that every Massachusetts state sign says yeah. "Bienvenue," like instead For of "Welcome." French. Interesting. Because we're just assuming people are coming down from Quebec. Right. I need to install higher capacity power transfers to the reflector dish, Commander. How long? Amazon says two days. She's <laughs> <laughs> a full head of state. Can you, mm-hmm. can you FedEx it? Can you pay a little more? But I'm convinced she can help us here, Commander. I am too. Don't worry about it. I can handle Shelby. Disagree. Yeah, She's probably in his ready room right now. I got nah. a bunch. I got a bunch more Go. zingers about the communicators I've been working on. <laughs> This is cold. Come in, number one. Commander Shelby was just telling me of your concerns about her plan. Now, why does this not ring alarm bells for Picard? I've already informed her. Yes, I entirely agree with you, number one. It's not the time. But the time may come when we will be required to take greater risks. Also, sir, what were you doing when we were all in that briefing? Just sitting here, staring at the door? Waiting for one of us to come in to tell you about the briefing you could have been at. <laughs> I had important things. Well, exploring you know, other nebula possibilities, making the story work better. <laughs> you know, captain stuff. You hate this episode, man. I don't at all. <laughs> I don't at all. But like, so this no, is a, right. this is like a thing to show. It's very obtrusive. This, this is an in interesting there. thing to show people who maybe have only watched this as a as a fan and as a viewer and whatever. But as a writer, you watch this and you and you watch that scene and you're like, this scene doesn't feel right. Oh, because Picard's usually there. Why isn't Picard there? Well, it's the only way to make the story work. Right. Is for Picard not to be there and for Shelby to usurp Riker. Right. So how do you do that? You do a briefing. Now, that scene that wouldn't make 
I wouldn't have any problem with that scene whatsoever if it was in I was engineering. just going to say that. I think that's a weird thing, and there must have been some other production reason that they thought it would be easier to shoot it in there. Yeah. But it totally would make more sense if it was somewhere else on the ship where they were working on some technical yeah. thing, and yeah. they, it wasn't time to report it to Picard yet. Yeah, and he was on the bridge. Yeah. Not in the door that's right next to his door. Right. Like that. But anyway, again, we're Let nitpicking. Me, this is very nitpicky. Actually, this episode's I, I great. It, I was going to say, well, did, is there a reason he may have to be on the bridge or anything? But nah. Is there a reason he might have to be on the bridge? You know, while He's the not Borg in the bridge. In the vicinity. He's in his ready room. Well, I assume that that was a little later. You su- well, I assume this is like a tiny like time cut. later, yeah. Like maybe. a minute and a half time cut. Could be. Anyway. Uh, FYI, um, I don't know if he's the only person. I just wanted to look up who is r- responsible, in large part, for the beautiful... Really culture-changing sound design in the show, um, and at least uh, for a sound designer for all three Star Trek series, Jim Wolvington is a name that comes up. So I just wanted to give a shout-out. Good job, Jim. Boy, he makes cool sounds, and his name's awesome. That's right. Jeez. Some guys have all the luck. Her plan is a fallback position. Make the necessary preparations. Very good, sir. Oh, he is getting ready to... Give her a piece of his mind. I, I do like this scene as well. Halt. I love that. Commander, you and I need to have a conversation. You never ordered me not to discuss this with the captain. You disagree with me? Fine. You need to take it to the captain? Fine. Through me. You do an end run around me again? I'll snap you back so hard you'll think you're a first-year cadet again. May I speak frankly, sir? Uh, can we stop for a second? By all means. I have two things. Oh, no, I stopped the wrong thing. The engine's cut out. Uh, one question. Yes, sir. Um, end run is purely a football term? I don't even know what that... This sounds like it was ADR to make some sense. I don't... What is end run? I've heard that term before. I thought it was a football term, but maybe I'm wrong. The other thing uh, I had a question of is... Um, so she he's basically vaguely threatening her. Does he have the power to harm her in some way? He's a superior officer. File a nasty report. I guess if I was Shelby, I wouldn't be afraid of that. She's, like, doing great and is in position to take over his spot. Like, Riker can't hurt her. Take over his spot. As number one. But he's in his spot. But she's already got the admiral behind her. Picard is clearly, you know, impressed with her. So let's say, all right, let's play this out, right? Okay. They yeah. successfully defeat the Borg. Sure. Let's just play this out. Let's pretend this episode ends with them destroying the Borg. Right. What if the what if the uh, the cliffhanger was who's going to be number one? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> da, 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 da. What were you going to say? Let's yeah, play it out. I want to hear. No, I want to hear. No. Oh, you know what? I'm did gonna, you have a bit? Did I'm doing another bit. You no, it wasn't a bit. Now? It was okay. like an actual, like, what, I what do you think happens? Like, so play it out in your head, right? Let's say that the Enterprise defeat the defeats Borg. the Borg ship okay. here. Right. And then they go back to a briefing in Starfleet. Yeah. So then what do you think happens? So then in, in the way you're saying it, he files a nasty report about her. She just defeated the Borg. What does she care? Well, oh, so you're saying that it is her that defeats the Borg. Well, whether she was certainly part, a participant in defeating the Borg. Uh-huh. And Picard is not going to slam her. Well, here's what happens, by the way. Okay. He files that report. Yeah. She, she goes around him again. She, he, like, whatever. Maybe it's like a court-martial. 
Okay. Maybe it's like that severe. Maybe he figures out something and he's like, well, you know what? All right, fine. Um, but this ends. That Admiral's not letting her out of his sight. She's going back on that Excelsior class ship with him. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, she's... The one that is all the creepy, obsessed with the her? The creepy old guy? Yeah. Who wants to be in love with her? Right. Yeah, he's well, not he letting her go. He is in love with her. He's he not letting her go. But he, that was... Well, he was clearly wanted to... And also, like... Been, do you That would have been his plan in any event. Or his desire. Well, if his... You know, yeah. He wanted to get her the spot on the Enterprise. Yeah, but he also wanted Will to take command of another ship. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying he's not going to... A, let's say, okay, so let's say that plays out. Let's say she becomes the first officer, and then now he's a captain. Okay. And then you have a captain who's pissed off at you in Starfleet. Well, it's certainly not wise politically, but... Uh, all right, you're just saying this is what Will is thinking. Yeah, I think he's right, like, well, I can... Then I guess that's why she reacts the way she does, because your... in my head and in Shelby's head, it's like, well, you, you're, you can't hurt me. The Admiral likes me, Picard likes me, and I'm good. So screw you. Maybe, maybe Will Riker finds something in her Starfleet contract. Maybe he's looking at a different year of her Starfleet contract. You really are trying to give him power one for you. All you know how to do is play it safe. I suppose that's why someone like you sits in the shadow of a great man for as long as you have. No, it's because I'm in love with him. One command after another. Proceed to deck eight. When it comes to this ship and this crew. You're damned right I play it safe. If you can't make the big decisions, Commander, I suggest you make room for someone who can. Let me throw this out to you, Matt. Yes. Imagine if this was the dynamic set up in frickin' Farpoint. I don't know that I'd like it. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know. This is, I'll tell you, this is, this is what I was looking for. Not necessarily this far, but... Certainly, the the makings of this. This is what you get now, you know, in now Star Trek, and in like, you know, ten years after this Star Trek. Well, not, I mean, not to this extent, not what to this extreme. This, you mean like in DS Nine? I mean, like late Voyager, uh, and like late DS Nine. We definitely had this all over Voyager, and that's, you know, I'm really plugging into why I picked up on Voyager and I didn't pick up on the others. You like the Maquis of it all. Yeah, they were angry all the time, and they were under stress, and people really were dealing with big decisions. Yeah. I liked it. And again, it was sort of... I mean, it was was more dramatic. There was more conflict, of course. There's more conflict in um, DS9. There's more conflict in um, Voyager. But I think that fundamentally, if if you were to add this element, this kind of character element into the show at the point, at the first, in the first season... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much. And that's not me saying I love the first season of Star Trek. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying, though, is there's part of part of what I love about TNG in particular uh-huh. is its um, procedural nature. Do you know what I mean? Is its, like, story Alien of the Week uh-huh. thing that it does. And, you know, I, as a kid, I always sort of, like strive to be that like strive to be an evolved form of person uh-huh. like you know if I was a kid and I was watching this I wouldn't want to be Shelby mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be you know trying to s- knock someone out of the way so I can get to the top right and if I you know and I wouldn't like this color on Riker all the time either 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying will you start with it this heightened. I just feel like if you have <gasps> but him, you said that's what it's missing. Uh, from I know, literally I the first one. <laughs> but I adjusted. Um, right. I, I'm saying if it's like you have a little bit of, you know, right. Maybe start with Riker as number one, and then Shelby comes in in far point. And they're already kind of rankling with each other. It doesn't have to be this level, but it's just sort of like, oh, that's where this this relationship's going to go. Yeah. It just gives it a little bit more drive. But, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I think that that is why a lot of people are drawn to to uh, TNG and were originally. is a, And I my, my take in on what you're saying and knowing what I know about you is I feel like it's it's like the the organized mind of a military person that's like don't act like a jerk don't like fight with people just try and be on track and do your job and that kind of thing and 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 just be i just like that they're all cool to each other i don't know it's a weird thing yeah i guess to me i want to see people mix it up yeah but that's the thing i can watch anything else and see that do you know what i mean right interpersonal conflict which uh-huh. is the driving force of story for the most part in history, um, but there's just some I don't know, there's just something I really like, and I you know it's funny I was watching uh, Journey to Babel today that episode of TNG I mean of TOS, TOS. yeah uh, you know with Sarek and the Andorian spy and all that, mm-hmm. and I was just really struck by the personalities in that show, and like I think they were stronger personalities mm-hmm. in the original series. You know, of course, the main three I'm talking about. Sure. Well, all of them, though. Even the side characters. Yeah, I mean, Chekhov they were is, cartoons. Is, is, um, They're cartoons. Is vain about being Russian, and I don't know, are they? Yes. I mean, think I, about Scotty. I'd have to revisit. He's like a cartoon of a Scotsman. He's always, he's got... <laughs> That's certainly true. He's got his scotch, he has bagpipes in his room, um, and then, you know, Chekhov is... A joke in and of himself. He's like always claiming things are Russian inventions and whatever. Everything's the best. I like that. Russian. I like. I think that's more. I don't know. I, Somehow well, that like reads that. me as more grounded. I mean, it's like think about you. That's the, more grounded to you. Think about you with Boston. What? Boston pizza is better than New no, York no, no, pizza. No, Come no, on. no. Pizza Regina is my favorite pizza. That's the. the there's a difference <laughs> in the sentence. To me, that is. There's no difference between you saying that that's better than Defaras and and Chekhov saying the Russians invented blah blah blah. Well, Boston. Invented, the Russians invented Boston the telephone. Invented pizza. <laughs> and that one time when the streets flooded with molasses. Who's Riker staring at here? He's looking over his shoulder at the wall. He's probably looking at the second AD <laughs> and waiting for the okay for lunch. Do you think, do I shake again? What number? Uh, some great, uh, great Picardery here. Him touring the ship. Ah, oh, so ship. great! We continue to prepare our defenses for the inevitable confrontation, but I must admit, on this night, I contemplate the distinct possibility that no defense may be adequate against this enemy. Are those the outfits we would be wearing, Matt? Aren't we commissioned officers? Oh yeah, I guess we are. Yeah. Yeah, we would be. So, what is that? Just what are those people? Are those, those are, I mean, janitorial. Those are, well, stuff? those actually, those are just utility. Like you know, like if you'll see We're later, about you'll the, see later the in the full series, body jumpsuit things. You'll see later in the series that like occasionally, I think even Data and Jordy are in there when they're like when they're in the shit. Like oh, I see. You know, in a Jeffrey's tube looking for some conduit for something. Special suit. 
That's the Admirals Club. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> he just went into 10 forward. Guinan is hiding creepily in the shadows. No, she's bummed out that everyone's on uh, <laughs> red alert and no one's in 10 forward. I'm she's not like, making a profit in here with our no money. With our free everythings. Trouble sleeping? Where I walk up to you, ask you what you want, walk to a replicator, tell it what you want, <laughs> bring the thing you wanted back to you. <laughs> something of a tradition, Guinan. Captain touring the ship before a battle. Before a hopeless battle, if I remember the tradition correctly. Not necessarily. Nelson toured the HMS Victory before Trafalgar. Yes, but Nelson never returned from Trafalgar, did he? No, but the battle was won. Do you expect this battle to be won? We may yet prevail. That's uh, a conceit, but it's a healthy one. I wonder if the Emperor Honorius, watching the Visigoths coming over the Seventh Hill, truly realized that the Roman Empire was about to fall. This is just another page in history, isn't it? Will this be the end of our civilization? Turn the page. Um, this is- what does that look like in the script? That's a lot of yapping. That's a good point. Let me look it up. I'll tell you this much. Um, very, I'm very impressed with this entire episode from a writing perspective. It's this is a this is a a Riker centric episode, and you got this beautiful Guinan Picard scene, mm. completely organic. Doesn't feel like it's interfering with the with the main plot at all. Completely cohesive. And just beautiful dialogue. It's really, really I would satisfying. Look for, what'd you look for? Yeah, I was going to say Nelson. Uh, okay, so scroll down. Where do you want to go to? Um, oh, back up. I wonder if everybody know. This is really just another page in history. So it's like two rhetorical questions. A beat. Shrugs. That's interesting. The shrug. You don't think of Picard shrugging yeah, before he says, turn the page. Hmm. How does he do that? Does he, do, does he actually shrug? The script? I think he more just smiles at The script at her. tells him to shrug. I, I think, he's, I think he, his, his actor's choice is more like, well, I don't know what's going to happen, which I guess is in his voice he shrugs. This is just another page in history, isn't it? Will this be the end of our civilization? Turn the page. Huh? We don't know. We don't know because they were on Guinan's one. Oh, you think they're? I feel like been. the acting moment. We uh, missed it. I disagree. I think you he, know. I want to get back the into the editing bay and fix this. <laughs> I think he made the actor's choice that the the way he says the line implies the shrug, which is why this guy is you say a that genius. Remarkable assuredness. With experience, I'm a billion the years old. Destroyed my world. My people. By the way, I would love. I would love if in the new Picard series there's some Guinan. Oh, that's great. That would be great. Who do I call? Why hasn't Whoopi Goldberg been more a part of the stuff since... She's always been busy. 
with her show. She's always been doing everything. I would think that she would want to prioritize that. Well, I mean, look, she um, she's in generations. She's in generations, and she has a quick bit in um, Nemesis. Huh. Oh, does she? Okay. Yeah. Um, I always kind of wondered if uh, who's the character in First Contact that's um, Lieutenant uh, Hawk, Alfred Woodard. Oh, Alfred Woodard, yeah. Um, I felt like that character had no place and was having really intimate conversations. No place in the universe. It was a new character they were establishing when they have all these other characters to service. And she was having intimate conversations with Picard that I think Guinan would have been having. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah, you needed and the I fish out if of they water. Couldn't get. I think you needed the Whoopi fish Goldberg. out of water. No. It's like I know a decent amount about that development of that movie and everything. Yeah. Um, but I think in that in First Contact, particularly, you needed this sort of like you needed someone in there who didn't understand the Borg, and that's what she is. Uh-huh. She is the person from you know thirty years in our future or whatever it was at the time, sixty, seventy years in our future. Um, you needed someone there who Picard had to explain the Borg to, because the movie-going audience is not familiar enough with the Borg to understand what they are and to do. To explain the thing. Yeah, so she needed to be the audience. Here's so they a person online, a, FYI, who said, I was reading somewhere something about First Contact and how Whoopi Goldberg was somewhat upset and confused as why she wasn't included in the movie First Contact. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's confirmed. but And then this person expresses the same thing, which is she feels like the role Lily Sloan, Lily Sloan should have been Whoopi's guy in that's what I'm saying. No, see, I don't think so. I think that that script is together enough that it functions as a result of the. I mean, we're not doing. We're not doing. <laughs> we're far away from first, first contact. contact. All right. But uh, you know, I think dramatically, you need that. You need the person from the outside, right? You need uh-huh. Picard to be explaining Borg to an audience going I get you person. On that. I hear you. And on then that. you need you need her in that in that in that beat at the end of the uh, towards. The, Right before the third act, you need her to be the one who makes Picard feel like he's Moby Dick. He's Moby Dick. But that's the part that I feel like that. I feel like the first part of what you're saying, I totally agree with. The second part of what you're saying is, I feel like that's the kind of thing that Picard wouldn't listen to some person off off of Earth. Would you listen to Guinan? No, I think he would listen to a person off Earth because. I think he feels like I think now that now we're getting into Picard's state of mind in first contact. This is what you guys were looking for in the best of both worlds episode. But I think he I think he and everyone on that ship, uh-huh. including Guinan, whose race was destroyed almost nearly by the Borg. Right. I think he's not gonna trust anyone who's had any dealings with the Borg. He needed that outside perspective to turn that turn on that sort of dime that's a good ask Frakes I mean he fucking directed it so oh yeah that is a good one anyway back into best of both worlds thank you for joining us in first contact talk first contact corner is it next to Jaws corner how many corners are there what shape is it <laughs> we can only have four so it's well, a creepy pentagon be, I it's possible who survived as will humanity survive as long as there's a handful of you to keep the spirit alive. Also, I feel like a lot of what Whoopi, 
a lot of what Lily does is sort of done by Guinan in Iborg and uh, a couple other episodes. Anyway. Wait. Oh, Whoopi, Whoopi does it later. Yeah, like sort of like you get those moments from Guinan. Like in the throughout the series. So like it would just That's standard defense. I gotta go. <laughs> Whoa. Did our Great. jingle just fire on the Enterprise? Maybe. I'm on my way, Lieutenant. You know, Lieutenant Shelby doesn't have one of these. <laughs> I hear everybody talking about it. Or maybe it's just Riker. He came in here too. He tried to order a bunch of elephant ears for her. You know, because she wasn't hearing him so well. He's really very passive aggressive. <laughs> oh no, that's just aggressive. <laughs> Whoa. There's some sort of magnetometric guided charges. I would have liked it if he if he if he also when he walked to the middle of the room kind of nudged Riker aside. Why does everyone keep standing in my spot? Do you think that that carpet wore out like that in that path? Oh, good question. I mean, I'm actually that's like a production question, really. I assume they replace it if that's right. Status of shields, back to forty-eight percent, Captain. Mister Forge, I may have to take us out of the nebula. I want all the power you can give me. Engines are ready, Captain. Recommend you adjust shield harmonics to favor the upper EM band when you proceed. Knowledge. Direct hit, deck nine. Damage report. Structural latching system integrity breached. Prepare to take us out of here. Whoopsie. That's when my transporter thing would really come into handy. Anytime that structural integrity is breached. till we clear the nebula and punch it up to warp nine. Ready phases. Load forward torpedo bays. Where's Shelby? Engage. In engineering with everybody else. Gotcha. Also, by the way, I think it would have been a nice little character moment mm-hmm. if she left engineering and ran up to the bridge for this moment. <laughs> Honestly. I just uh, want to make sure it wasn't needed up here. Hi, guys. I'm here. Warp tractor beam is attempting to lock on. Fire at will. Continue rotating shield frequency. You mean Commander Riker? Failing. It's never going to get old. We'll make that joke oh, is that- every day until we die. Is, it, is that just a classic Star Trek joke that is always made? Yeah. And I did it like I did. it was the first time for me. Andy? It's my first fire at will joke. This is a big day for us. My <laughs> wife's first morning sickness. It's like I'm riding a bicycle for the first time. Tractor beam has locked on. <laughs> I like uh, the um, captioning person who was like, ah, I'll just call this inconsistent beeping. Parenthetical. <laughs> <laughs> that beeping's not consistent. Ugh. So scary. Borg appear. Now let's look at this. The reactions here. Okay. Uh, science officer. Yes. Nah, I'm busy. No sure. Right. You got the. Uh, this do they do they know what's going on though? En- environmental guy here. He's just like, oh, I got to make sure life support's cool. I mean, the practical reason for that uh, is that generally speaking, and it's not always true. Sometimes you'll have a talented extra that knows how to play it subtle. But generally speaking, any any extra is there for the day. They don't have the vibe of the show. And if you ask them to act in any way, then they're doing like a huge pantomime in the background. But it totally feels like here's the problem. I think here it, it feels like everyone on this show, mm-hmm. or it's like the same 19 people always, like the same background people. So you feel like they would know it. Yeah. But don't you think that probably the same production decision was made as is generally made on Goldberg's where it's like 
just don't have them in the shot or have them turning away or whatever. Yeah. Um, by the way, our pal who successfully completed Andy's kind of school of specific acting, I believe he shows up in this episode again at the helm once again. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember. The one who looks down the barrel at the camera? Yeah, I remember when I was watching it um, the other day, I was like, oh my God, that's that guy. They brought him back. I can't believe they brought him back. And then. I hope we haven't, I hope I, we haven't offended that gentleman. I might be imagining. Oh, that's him right there. No, that's Wesley. I don't know. I might have imagined it. Mm hmm. I don't think he was offended. I think he was delighted for being called out. <laughs> By the way, where did Worf grab that sidearm from? That was pretty quick. Doesn't he just wear it? I don't think he wears it. They don't wear it on the no. on the bridge? I always imagine he had one like strapped to the horseshoe. That would be like he's amazing. Fucking, just like, like he's, he's a cowboy. Pacino yeah. in, uh, in an Italian restaurant going behind a toilet. Sure. <laughs> Hey, spoilers, Matt. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you don't know what movie I'm talking about. Um, Could be from Set of a Woman. I will say for for an undefeatable force of terror, uh, the Borg always fall real, real dumb. <laughs> they always look like they're weak. You know what it looks like people. to me? It's like their system shuts down. Yeah, I guess that is what it is. So, and I feel like there might be a place where they could go to learn how to act like a cyborg whose system just got shut down. All right, guys, look. You're walking in day one. You got all this this whole outfit. You got wires and stuff. You got stuff over your eyes. Already it's going to be hard to move around. You got to remember every move you make, you're a machine. Well, don't I have organic compar- components? or? But you can't think like an organic uh... creature. You got to think like a machine because that's the whole hook of the character. I get it. All right. Now, Jeffrey, get up there and okay. act like Worf just shot you. All right. Ready? And, Here I go. Do a little. Oh, God. Oh, no, you're ah, acting oh, like a human. Ah. What are you doing? But I've been shot. Jeffrey, you're a machine. <laughs> I don't understand. you got to do it like this. Shake. Shake. Oh, it's like the systems shake. are I'm failing. Shaking. I'm shaking. No, do I you're say doing that? A twist. Do I say I'm shaking? No, you don't say it. Well, how, how is my system supposed <sighs> to know that it's failing? Jeffrey, I'm giving you a full refund. Get out. <laughs> oh. Okay. Can I still... Get that discount at the dry cleaner next door? Yes. <laughs> Thanks, pal. I'm going to wash this uh, forest green sweater I had to wear under this board costume. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's the here's the other, like, thing about Worf. Okay. I want Worf, like, I want to go behind his tactical station, and I want to see a phaser strapped underneath there. I want to see a phaser rifle, and sure. I want a bat left. Oh, that'd be great. Like, if he could just pull out a Batleth in this situation. Yeah. I mean, come on. There's no Borg defense against Batleths. <laughs> that must be something. It's no use. They've already adapted to the new frequencies. And you would know that. This wakes up the science officer. She runs right over to Riker. Will! Good specific acting by Patrick Stewart getting jab by the Borg. I'll give you that much. I'm okay. Go back to your science station. Look at that screen. <laughs> Don't turn around. No matter I, what you, you hear. Know, I like that that guy went to tactical. Yeah. And the second that Worf is up. is almost up, right? he's like, okay, I'm back to the environmental station. Right. I know he gets pissed off when you're on his tactical station. The, I will say, the, uh, the science officer really just casually strolling back to her station. <laughs> it's very silly. Maintain pursuit. 
Warp vessel has reached warp 9. 9.4, 9.6. Stay with him. Ragger to O'Brien. Can you get a fix on the captain? Negative, sir. There's some kind of interference. I can't... Also, I didn't know he'd left. No one told me. I assume that they have all the information pumped to them wherever they are on the ship, because that happens a lot. All the information of, like... What's going on? Upstairs? Yeah. Who's pumping it? I don't know. The computer? <laughs> I don't know. The guy at the science station? We've already established it in an episode, like that one where... I don't remember what it was, but where Beverly... Like, some a bunch of stuff went down on the bridge, and Beverly said, Yes, I've been monitoring it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, also, like, I suppose once the captain... Once the captain's biosignature is gone from the ship, I'm sure the <laughs> transporter the room knows. Yeah. Uh, to like be looking for it as part of like my cool uh, hull destruction safety net. Sure. Yeah. O'Brien probably saw it. Went, that can't be good. <laughs> oh boy, he either is dead or gone. Either way, I'm not getting much. Or sleep. he's become real good friends with the board. <laughs> the Terran system. That's awesome. Earth. Is this an act break? No. Not even an act break. There's, there's, every five to ten minutes, there's something that, like, that could be a season ender. Yeah. You could end the season right there. Where are they going? Earth, zero, zero, one. So great. Uh, Picard wandering around the Borg ship. Strength is irrelevant. Resistance is futile. We wish to improve ourselves. We will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Your culture will adapt to service ours. Impossible. My culture is based on freedom and self-determination. Freedom is irrelevant. Self-determination is irrelevant. You must comply. We would rather die. Death is irrelevant. Your archaic cultures are authority-driven. To facilitate our introduction into your societies, it has been decided that a human voice will speak for us in all communications. We wanted to make it easier on them. What? That's not very Borg-like. That is the thing that really confuses me. Is that just convenient writing? It is, and then it's like retconned in First Contact. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember what they retconned. The Borg Queen. Oh, right. Th- I she never... was there the whole time. I got a problem with the Borg Queen. But you want, that's you a, want we'll, a fighter? And then we'll get to that. Because there's two. I've, I'm offended by the Borg Queen. How so? No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't. I don't like the. I don't Guys, like the concept of the Borg Queen. I think that get ready. Scary we're about in, the Borg. We're in the third corner. It's Borg right. Corner. Wow, we're doing a lot of first contact in this episode. <laughs> um, the but uh, the other thing I was going to say about this. Well, this, she's all over Viger too. I know. I didn't like her in that either. Oh, I mean, yeah. I love the Borg stuff in it. Yeah. And I certainly love Seven and Nine, but I, I don't dig it. Uh, anyway. Um, uh, the other thing about this thing is, why would the Borg even be bothering to explain it to Picard? It's a, <laughs> they're about to jab a bunch of things in his brain, so well, it's all the information will be As we said, for story purposes. Yeah. You have been chosen to be that voice. A minor point. She's finally in the chair she wanted. She looks a little chilly, though. Is she in the captain's chair? No, she's in oh. Riker's chair. Oh, funny. Defenses. Yeah, well, so far they haven't had much of a reason to worry about our defenses. Commander, if the Borg stay at warp 9.6, we'll be forced to discontinue pursuit and power down in less than three hours. Two hours, 40 minutes, three seconds. How long before the deflector's ready? We're close. A few hours, maybe. 
I know I'll get it done in two somehow, but Commander, I'm gonna need serious power from the warp engines to make this weapon work. So far, we're using everything we've got just to keep up with them. Sir, we've got to get that ship down to impulse. I'm leaving an away team over there to get the captain back. I do like this, Troy. Out of warp. Ensign Crusher, you continue to assist Mr. LaForge. Commander Shelby, you'll take the bridge and coordinate with Starfleet. Data, Worf, Doctor, you're with me. Excuse me, sir, with my knowledge of the board. Those are my orders, Commander. Commander Riker. It is inappropriate for you to lead the away team. Until the return of Captain Picard, you are in command of the Enterprise. We're in a state of war, and your place is on the bridge. Commander Shelby, you'll lead the away team. Maybe so. Can you hear me, or do you want me to put a speaker around my head? <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with you. That's a great use of Troy. She senses that he's acting a little bit First erratically and gets him back on track. Well, and also, like, they were is actually there to go, no, no. Yeah, but that's... <laughs> you have the chair now. At least we're, if we're going to give credit to the, the subtext, then it's she's using her powers to realize <laughs> that he's not acting rationally. Oh. I thought it was just because he's completely acting against protocol. The captain should never lead an away team. Even though Kirk did constantly. That was the original series. Mm-hmm. When when all he did was beam down to dangerous situations. Stardate 43998.5. Our pursuit of the Borg continues on a course that will take us to the very core of the Federation. The devastation they could bring is beyond imagination. These phases have been retuned. Each has a different frequency spanning the upper EM band. All right, a reminder. We only get to use each of these once, maybe twice, before the Borg learn to adapt. Don't fire until you have to. What kind of resistance should we expect? Now, if I'm watching this correctly... I'm trying to figure out if Data is right-handed or left-handed. <laughs> yeah. Are they all... Okay, so... Crusher... They all have their phaser on the left side. At our first encounter, the Borg virtually ignored us when we beamed aboard their means their explorers first, Clearly, Andy. they did not consider our being there a threat. That may change, however, if we start interfering with their plans. I should warn you all. Borg ships are stinky. <laughs> they do not collectively shower. Shelby to bridge. Away team ready. We've got 58 minutes before we have to power down and disengage. Understood. Disengage. No unnecessary risks. Clear? Very clear, sir. Shall be out. We've matched warp velocity for transport, Commander. Energize. Do you think if, like, O'Brien secretly is annoyed by somebody and they're beaming down, he'll put them, like, thousand feet away from where they're supposed to be <laughs> that would be a great passive aggressive <laughs> like, thing. just like you know what why don't you walk a little bit why am I up in this tree <laughs> <laughs> tricorder functions minimal any signs of human life inconclusive let's just remember also this is a 26 episode season they didn't have, you know, a fraction. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder what the how the budgets compared. But they certainly didn't have didn't have a movie budget. I think the budget was like one, one six or one seven an episode. Such 
effective design on the Borg themselves, on the Borg ship, on the lighting, on the sound design. Really admirable and from look, top you, to bottom. You can even see on the on these panels here next to Data on this pause screen Andy and I are looking at, you can see um, some of that Borg writing. Oh, wow. You know how the Borg have that what do they symbol? Have, but what do they have writing? They know where everything is because they're all collective mind. Oh, no. Stop it, Andy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, here it is. It made perfect sense that Andy broke it. Probably forever. Damn you, Andy. Getting a lot of use out of all the jingles in this endless episode. They're all regenerating. Distribution nodes. If we take out a few of these, it just might make them scratch. I mean, that is Crusher. Is that right? information I mean, that's Crusher right there? What do you mean? That she should come up no, with that? No, this is, this is kind of... What is your idea? If we sting them in a tender spot... It's her idea. They might stop from 100%. I was thinking, this is some... This is possibly some MVP. See? See? So they want to take out all these distribution nodes. Is it distribution of power or distribution information? Distribution I... I always assumed it was their information slash communication. Captain's communicator. It is still activated. (laughs) You know what this is, Shelby? (laughs) (laughs) Nice circling back, buddy. (laughs) Sorry. Riker paid me 17 (laughs) chips from the poker game to say that to you. Honestly, the only reason he sent you here is because he knew this would happen. (laughs) Actually, Captain Picard's fine. This is all a big trick. <laughs> I strongly recommend redeploying all available defenses to protect Sector 001, Admiral. Yeah, we're, we're doing it. Wolf 359. We'll make our stand there. How much longer can you maintain pursuit? 22 minutes if they stay at their current speed. If we can't bring them out of warp, we'll do as much damage as we can before we have to disengage. Disengage. Picard. Nothing yet, sir. Did a funny thing with a communicator in his Picard, but that's about it. You see, I use this communicator. You know, I don't know if you know Shelby, I, but I got to uh, go, uh, Commander Riker. <laughs> no, sir, you're breaking up. In here. It says guests. Coffee this way. This is where they find his uniform. Yeah. They're sentimental. They keep these things. It's very strange. His underwear is here, too. Shall we to Enterprise? Picard must be naked. (laughs) I'm beaming down right away. (laughs) And his communicator. Oh, interesting. How are you even talking to me right now? I don't understand. (laughs) Jesus Christ! Resuming our search. Stand by, Commander. We're in business. It'll burn out the main deflector, but it'll be one hell of a bang. Radiation danger? We're going to have to evacuate the entire forward half of the secondary hull and the lower three decks of the saucer. I'll see to that. Commander nice that they gave her something to do. She's very useful in the last act of this episode. Acknowledged. Shall be out. Shall be out. 
Let's All right. take out some of these distribution All we have to do is hit our pew pews at these triangles. Shelby? <laughs> sir, they've done it. The Borg ship is dropping out of warp. Go to impulse. Aye, sir. Diverting warp power to main deflector. Move us to within 40,000 kilometers. Max velocity. Commence arming sequence. Increase deflector. Uh, commence arming sequence. Uh, uh, Stan? Bill? And a Jim, yeah. guy, fellow. Yeah. All right, you get it. Modulation to upper frequency band. There's part of me that just wants Worf to always carry a blade. It would make more sense in this situation. They couldn't adjust to a blade, could they? Or could Shelby they? To Enterprise. Encountering resistance. Look, Prepare I mean, their shields that they have, their body shields. Yeah, I guess it would just I mean, block I it, seem like yeah. it would block it, but right. like, you know, when Picard goes into the holodeck in first contact, he's just firing bullets at them. But that's because they haven't adjusted to the bullets yet. Yeah, that's true. There's only two of them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It Welcome to your... Did it make sense till Andy fixed it? It's <laughs> back on my signal. Beverly, pretty good shot. Now, how come they haven't adjusted yet? They're uh, operating on a higher EM band. I know, but they've all shot more than... All right, there you go. They're adapting to the frequencies. John Luke. Do you like this? I know where I'm looking now. This little red dot does everything. Do you like my abs, Mr. Wharf? Enterprise, get us out of here. All right, I can't come back again looking like an idiot. O'Brien will never let me hear the end of it. So he, like, like it's just a weird way that um, Worf prepares himself for transport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, I can't be. I better stand up. Falling down. Yeah. So right there, Andy pointing at the other one. There's yeah. some phaser action right there. Oh, nice. Right there as well. Underneath, it's got one like up here. Underneath there, so, whole thing right there. Oh, so beautiful. Pew, 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 pew. So here's. Here's a writing thing. Let me talk this through with you. Mm. My first thought when they reveal Picard, because it's been so long since I've seen this episode, uh, when they reveal Picard, my thought is, wouldn't it have been better to just have it be at the, you know, when when they see him at the end? Like, save it? For when 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 Riker sees him, mm. like they find the the empty suit, they know something's going on. They don't know what the deal is, and then it's only at the end when he threatens them, and just before Riker says fire, that's the first time you see him. And I th- I guess they sort of did it so that there's more of a thing of like we can go get him, I can save him. But I feel like there's another way they could have done that without mm. revealing him. I mean, I guess in my head, I'm like, what is the reason for seeing him That's what I'm in saying. that situation? I guess it's so that they... I guess it's to report back. Right. 
you know, rather than there being no. Although maybe it's even stronger dramatically if they report back, we could not find him. We just found his communicator. And then the next time you see him is the on screen. Or they're getting a reading, but then they can't get to him because the Borg swarm them. Yeah. And then you can have the same debate. Interesting. And then it's so much more effective that everyone sees him for the first time together, and he's a Borg. Hmm. Well, Andy? Andy, standard defense. Or something. We felt bad. We no the get captain. him. <laughs> we were unable to retrieve him, sir. We not make the things go. By the Borg. Altered. He is a Borg. All right, cool it. I cannot believe it. <laughs> I look at him and he's like, I'm a Borg. He hasn't just been altered by the Borg. I mean, it's more than that. It's almost like you expect him to be crying, based on the music and the way he said that. We'll go back. I need more people. We need to retune the phasers again. We'll get him out of there. Commander. So, like, you could have had that conversation without seeing that he was a Borg. the Borg ship. Looks like they're regenerating, restoring power. They could be capable of warp any minute. Is the deflector ready? It's ready. Will, he's alive. If we could get him back to the ship, I might be able to restore... This is our only chance to destroy them. If they get back into warp, our weapon is useless. We'll sabotage them again if we have to. We can't maintain power. We don't have the time. Prepare to fire. At least consult with Starfleet Command. Get Admiral Hansen on subspace. Belay that order, Lieutenant. There's no time. Sir, we are being hailed by the Borg. On screen. Imagine how much more impact this would have. Not that it wasn't amazing, but... Also, they make it like it's a first I reveal. I agree. When he steps forward. Andy? Thank At you. At first, I was like, not on board. I just thought you needed that moment from Worf going like, <laughs> but he is a Borg. <laughs> Do you like my abs, number one? <laughs> I all. am Locutus, a Borg. Resistance is futile. It's weird, but have them shoot me from below all the other Borg. And then I want you to cut to a closer shot. <laughs> this time forward, you will service us. Worf's like, well, I am just the worst security officer ever. I'm responsible for Captain Safety like this. We use a board. It's all my fault. <coughs> Here it is. Mr. Worf. Fire. I mean, then you gotta wait all fucking summer. You sure do. And we're going to make you guys wait, too. Uh, you know, two weeks, but yeah. it's not that It's not that long. Because we're going to watch... Boy, oh, boy. I guess we'll talk about it after we're done with this. Did I want to just stop the podcast I know. earlier and make you guys have to wait? Because that would have been funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Especially with no explanation. That's especially cold. Yeah. Wow. I don't... Do we give an MVC for a part one of a two-parter? Do we award like we a most should. valuable crew member for what is essentially half a story? Yeah, but it's per episode. You are correct. I'm saying yes. All right. We're doing the classic. In the vastness.
When the going gets rough, you gave it your all. You showed the right stuff. You managed to not blow the ship to smithereens. That's why you're this week's MVC. Surprisingly tough this week. So you got the Beverly thing. She's the one who comes up with the node thing. So many. You got different. I, 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 my instinct is maybe Shelby. I feel like Shelby at several points gives useful information, makes useful decisions. I don't know why they didn't have the idea about modulating the phasers. Is this the first time they modulate the phasers to? Don't they modulate? Doesn't data modulate the phasers or the shields harmonic frequencies like in the first That's encounter with them? Feel free to correct us, guys. Well, look, apparently it's her that thinks of it in this in this episode. Yeah. So, And she has the magnetic resonance thing. Although I think you could pretty much put together that the Borg was uh, the people that destroyed the, uh, the what was it, colony? Starbase? Yeah, it was a colony. 900 people, Andy, and you just don't even remember what it was. Whatevs, just a crater now. No, it's just there was 900 valuable Federation members. Well, if that's the center of town, I don't need to live there, I'll tell you that. You're not wrong. Um, That's the biggest misstep in this episode. Jordy does a lot of stuff. Beaming them down to the center of town and it being next to the crater. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> I still think it's crazy. Um, Jordy does a lot of stuff. Does he does anything cr- like critically like, oh, you got to give it to Jordy? Well, he does um, roll under engineering's door. <laughs> That's true. I mean, Jordy's always very... Pretty valuable. We should give it to Jordy when we don't know who else to give it to, because he's definitely doing something with the engines in every episode. Um, Picard comes up with the Nebula thing. Look, it's the safety of the ship, right? Uh-huh. As we've always discussed. Yeah. Not the safety of, say, a Captain Picard or a, or a, you know... Although I guess sometimes, you know, the story's the story lends itself to, like, someone is dying, and then Crusher is the NPC, right? We've done that kind of thing before. Oh, boy. I almost dropped the recorder. Guys, it's almost 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, um, God, I, you know, my Troy does a bunch all, of stuff, but I think but Troy's yeah, stuff is she incidental. disappears for so long. Yeah, I mean, she, she evacuates the crew and she... I get it. Here's what we can do. Yeah. We can eliminate some people, right? Okay. It's not Troy. It's not Troy. It's not Data. Data... Doesn't Data point out the nodes? I know that Beverly's the one that comes up with the concept of it. But hadn't they seen those nodes before? Well, I don't know. It depends who you give credit for the idea for. This what? is like in a writer's room. Like Here's what I'm saying. the area and then somebody no. else comes up with the joke. It's not data though, right? Even if he says, look at these nodes. So? Well, that's the thing that stops them. I know, but no one knows what to do with them until Crusher says what she says. Okay, fair enough. So, I mean, really, it's I, th- I think we're between Crusher and Shelby. Fair enough. Do you want to split it? No. No. Because I don't... Can you give it to Crusher? She drops... She gets the Borg ship to drop out of warp. Uh-huh. But ultimately, I think we have to go back to the earlier safety of the ship. And it is um, Shelby uh-huh. that modifies or tells Data to... What about Picard with the frequency. Nebula thing? I mean, that just keeps them going... Do you know what I mean? That just buys time. Those are all delaying tactics. But These are all, the, everything's a delaying everything's tactic. Everything's a delaying tactic. it's half tactic. a story. So I guess what's the most important? The biggest delaying tactic is the credits. All right. <laughs> so we have to wait till next year. What's, what's the most critical delaying tactic? 
It's the destruction of the nodes. Doesn't no, it's, Jordy, not, it's more than nebula, really. Jordy, oh, well, the disk thing, you could say that's if that's effective in part two, which we'll find out. Um, you can't really credit him for that this time. Um, yeah, let's give it to Shelby. The deflector array, you mean? The, the deflector array. When was the last time you've watched part two? It's been a while. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, know I, that, I, I can sign off on a Shelby. She is a crew, member of the crew right now. I mean, I'm I'm up for the idea that maybe it's a split vote, but I definitely want to give some of the points to Shelby. She gets the points. Okay. Great job, Andy. Good job, pal. Speaking of great jobs, let's see how great a job Star Trek did with this episode. We sit and watch and then we hang and talk, but the podcast isn't over just yet. How many Andys does this episode get? How many of my name, which we came up with as an award system because we couldn't think of anything else, and Matt just said it. Yep, and it became the Andes. Um, I really, I really can't see my way clear to giving this anything less than ten Andes. This episode is what a hundred percent ten out of ten. Andes. Awesome! It's so good. Every problem that. We had with it while discussing it on this program was so nothing. Yeah. It was so nitpicky. So incidental. Because again, we have to just do a show that's almost entertaining. Um, I think that it was uh, probably, I mean, hour for hour. It's just one of the best things on television. It's crazy. I have seen this uh, a number of times, even though I don't. You know, I didn't. I was never on board for this series, and have seen not, not that many of them at all. This one, ugh, it's just, it's just so good from beginning to end. Great teaser, great arc with Riker, conflict, new character that they establish and is fully formed and makes sense with the entire crew. You understand how she's interacting with Riker, with Picard. Even the side character of the Admiral is a great performance and a great character. And just, it is so hard to write a villain that is seems unbeatable, but you're following the steps along the way, and it seems like, oh, maybe they'll do that and they'll get out of it. While, while Michael Piller is balancing all these t- little character arcs, it's just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that may be too far, Matt, mm. and so you can pull back on the reins. Yeah. I think this may be the best episode of television. I'm going to pull you back on the reins there. What is a better episode of television than this episode? A purely of television? Yes. Like you're just And I'm a fan. I'm I'm obsessed with The Wire. You're talking I don't know about... that I could point to a specific episode in its entirety of The Wire. That yeah, is this, better than this. This is a but are you no, I love points in, of it better than this. Factoring but... in the fact that it's the first part of a two-parter? Yes. I mean, I, I have to say the other one again. But. So, I mean, like... I You're saying because it's not a, whole, a complete uh, It's concept? not a complete story. Uh-huh. So I can't give it the best hour of television ever. But, you know, the interesting other thing that I read is... Well, I guess we were talking about this, but Michael Piller, because he didn't know... And I think even his thought was, well, I'm not coming back. I'm not having a good time at this show. The, 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 the writing staff doesn't seem to like me or whatever was going on. Yeah. At least the way it's presented, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, go is fuck just yourselves. Good luck. Folklore is well. I'll come up with an impossible ending, and then I don't have to deal with it. And then he went back, and he was like, "Oh, geez, I got to figure out how they get yeah. out of this." Yeah. So, 
I don't know. It's I guess from that perspective, it's a one-off. Although I guess that would. F- now I'm re reevaluating. I don't think you can. I don't, I don't. All right, I'm going to pull back from it. The best episode of television ever. But I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I guess I just want to communicate. That's how I feel about this. Well, you know, I think he's amped up. I think that next week Andy and I are going to watch Steven Spielberg watch this episode and then ask him what he thinks. <laughs> it is interesting that uh, I am I am one of the most critical people in podcasting, and you have two things that I'm just fanboying out on such a high level about in one episode. Um, but yeah, I look. I can't. I can't really disagree with your ten. So I will also give it a ten. There are multiple tens, I think, in the series, and this is one of them. Did you give? Yesterday's Enterprise attempt. I think I did, yeah. I think you might have given it a 9.5. But did I give it a 9.5? Could be wrong. Brad Arrington, let us know. Um, but yeah, no, this is a 10. I, there's a couple other 10s coming, and I know them off the top of my head, but I, you're not gonna, I'm not going to say them out loud to you. Okay. I don't want your expectations to be hey. braced to the ceiling. Andy, here's a question for you. Okay. What trailer are we going to watch? Should we watch the trailer for Trekkies? Oh, good question. And then at the end of Trekkies, should we watch the trailer for Best of Both Worlds Part 2? I think that is what we should do. Okay, then that's, that's I think that's what we're going to do, everybody. So next week, uh, as is tradition here on the program, we don't immediately jump into... Um, the next season we take a we take a mini week break mini week we take we take a week and do something else so this week uh next week rather will be trekkies the documentary from 1999 uh that is uh, i think it was was it produced by denise crosby or she just hosted but you lost the ambience bell Oh, is it because we're, gonna play I, the other I, we're thing? playing the trailer, oh, and that's why it happened. And normally, it doesn't happen. And I'm sure you're all worried about it. So here, I'll just Jordy's just doing some kind. I'll of, just bring in some other engine noise. He's doing some kind of a test. Here we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> I guess actually we should turn off because we're gonna be listening to something else. Okay. So here is the Trekkies trailer. Andy, have you ever seen this? No. Okay. I'm excited for everybody. I do consider myself half Vulcan. I did draw the line low at having my ears surgically altered. <laughs> it began as a vision of the future. The best thing I've ever done in my life. Star Trek, the blueprint for a better mankind. It became a phenomenon. I've been asked to marry people. That has touched millions. Just Everybody like Matt. seen the picture of Barbara Adams. I wore my uniform just as any other officer in the military who would wear theirs. Star Trek is part entertainment and part philosophy. Now, they've got their own movie, Trekkies. I'd rather be known like as a Spiner femme. I like that. Who's your favorite captain? Kirk. He's a stud. They're devoted. This is my third convention. 20 or 30 or more. 50 or 60. They're misunderstood. Welcome to Starbase Dental. So, um, this is reception. This is where the patients check in. It's not like any other dentist told us how to remember him. And they may just be the most intelligent life form you've ever met. This costume is the uniform that I've designed from the film project that I'm working on, and it should be noted that this is only a a prototypical version. I am guard 48, and this is guard number 28. That's right. Think about, please. Do you like a superstar or without? Without cheese? Have you ever served a Klingon before? Yes. 
<laughs> we actually take turns being different characters, and it helps our, our um, relationship. Our, yeah. Yeah, it does. How's it going out with different people? <laughs> Trekkies. Yeah, I am one of those people. Oh my god. That is like because this was like the time that I was going to college and and in in film school. Yeah. Did you go to film school? Yeah. That is such I didn't know a that. um so did I. That is such a documentary of that era. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that trailer, the way it's shot, the what you're following, the subjects you're following, it's like let's make this I don't know, what do you call it? What do you call it? Window documentary? Like, your window into this fandom? Uh-huh. And they're all, like, everything... Even the... Like, every time they're doing a uh, an OTF of, like, Leonard Nimoy or whoever, like, Walter Koenig at the end there, it's all, like... It's all framed the same exact way. Sure. And it's all... It's such... That that takes me back. Um, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think... I'm just thinking back to our experience at Star Trek Las Vegas... Yeah. Do you think that Trekkies have gotten less geeky over time? Yes. As it's gotten more mainstream? Uh, well, I don't or know. Or as geekery has gotten more gotten, mainstream? I, I, that, that, I think, is it. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of that, and I also think it's a little bit of, I think, the enthusiasm right. that I used to experience when I was going to conventions. I probably went to my last Star Trek convention prior to Star Trek Las Vegas. I probably went... Probably like two years, three years before that movie was shot. Or yeah. probably when that movie was being made, right? I probably went to some Star Trek conventions. And that was like the level of fandom I remember. And then like you go to Star Trek Las Vegas and it's just it just seems like a lot of people are I don't know. Is it that they're more comfortable with themselves? Is it that the it's interesting that you bring that up and having just been to the largest Star Trek convention in the United States yeah. in 2018, I'm very interested to see what it was like 20 years ago or just remember what it was like 20 years ago with this movie. I think the comfort with themselves is a big thing. I th- and I don't know, I guess it's a lot of it is due to society, but I think a lot of it is just sort of, interestingly, people have evolved the same way that people did from TOS to uh, TNG of just being like, this is what I'm into. Yeah. It's and, it, it's I, and now I'm surrounded. Oh, you know, another thing is I wonder if the internet has made a difference because it's like a thousand percent. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously it has, but I mean, in terms of just personality wise, even looking at the, the Facebook group, it's like, those are 2,200 people that are all on the same page. And it's like, I got nothing to be ashamed of. Everybody else feels exactly the same way. Well, and that's why Twitter's a hellhole. You know, you just follow <laughs> this people that think what you think and then you think it's okay to think well, yeah, that thing. Except for the face group. Send your letters to sdtnzpod at gmail.com. If you're listening to this the first time, this is the last time you're listening to this. So thank you <laughs> so much for uh, joining us. Uh, and Andy, we have to say a little hello uh-huh. to some of the presidents, circles, president circle members. Do you want time to for the uh, shout out before Andy and I beam out of here for for uh, all you uh, guys out there and uh, gals and 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 just cool people all around, cool people that have found each other on Facebook. As Andy says, there's 2,200 uh, cool people out there, but there's a select number of even cooler people that are in the president's circle. 
and this is their shout out. Don't you have a thing you have to play, or do I, I have to get us gonna, in there? We're gonna open the door. I it have to get us in there. Logic, unless you want to do a site site transport. Uh, well, that, that uh, that's know. what we should do at the end. That'll save us the doors. Oh, so we're just gonna beam right in there? Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, you know what? I don't. I don't know if I can do it. Uh, let me just All check right, with Chief O'Brien. Uh, Chief. Uh, yes. Oh no! <laughs> it's the end of the podcast. Too, Everybody's tuned out. Could you could you beam us directly to the? Uh, Why certainly, me boy. Well, but I, I didn't finish the thing. Oh, sorry. Do you just have an open channel all the time and you're listening uh, to everybody on the show? Yeah, sure. Did uh, you say deedly D? <laughs> I was doing terrible. Oh no! Terrible Chief. offensive. Uh... All right. Could you could you do that though? You beam us there? Uh, absolutely, me boy. Oh, deedly Oh, boy. It's a lot of people. It is really active in here, Andy. So it's time to say a big thank you to uh, you guys. This is our shout-out portion of the show. I, for some reason, don't have two of the page. There we go. Did you print out new pages, by the way? They're yeah, probably different people. I did. Indeed, Andy. Very good. I'm not a dumb dumb. Just kidding. I am pretty stupid. Anyway, guys, this is our shout-out to you people. Uh, first of all, we'd like to thank uh, Anders Peterson. Thank you so much. Jeff Gannon, thank you. Oh, uh, Lynn Perdue. Sir Reginald Pennybottom. No. That's Unthanked. His name. Sorry. Derek Atkinson. Fred Coppersmith. Vanilla Thunder. Good job, Vanilla. <laughs> Sean Nass. Yeah, Nass. I would say Nass, just a <laughs> silent G. Mm-hmm. Dave Crimsley, thanks for being here. Jeff D, Big D. Tom Brown, way to go. Emily Eldred. Oh, uh, Sander Tristane. Kevin Corticus. I would say Corticus. Corticus. Beth Harrington. Uh, Alex Whitehouse. You skipped one. Oh, my God. I just got into Corticus so much. Uh, Ross McLeod. Hubert Arushia. Uh, and uh, we continue on for a little bit here. A few more people to say hello to. Hope you're enjoying the uh, latest uh, samplings. Uh, there's cannolis in here as well. Brandon Davis, thank you. Nate Richman. Oh, boy. Godspeed. Hey, look, it's Paul Brisk. Julian L. Randalls, thank uh, you. Oh, Christine Palmer. Brett Jarrett, good job. Pike Award winner, Brett Jarrett. Oh, that's right. Uh, Sean. Josh Ball, uh, the good old Josh Ball who does the face pod. JB, what up? Uh, then we got uh, Drew Parkinson. Well, we already gave him a shout out. Oh, and he's a, got a Pike Award. You yeah. just have to say that. Robert Olson. Uh, the Kembies. Kembles. The Kembles, not the Kembies. Oh, my God. Andrew Witzel. Uh, Amanda Young. Juan Duchesne. Hope I'm close there, pal. <laughs> Merrick Busfield. Mike Mann. Oh, there he is, Mike Mann, everybody. Derek Westover. Lissy D. Andrew Burrow. Anthony Rideout. Ride it out, Anthony. Richard Davis. Row, row, you boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Lauren Gleason. Kevin. Tyler Rosewood. Joe Fermanek. Yeah, thank you guys. That is, if you haven't heard your name yet, uh, well, quite frankly, that's because you're going to hear it uh, very soon. 
You got, uh, we got, uh, how many more people to go here? We got a few, a few more shout-outs. And, uh, just, again, thank you for supporting us. You guys, I mean, because I assume you're the only ones still listening. <laughs> uh, because that's why we do it at the end of the show. They might hang in for some extra amazing, hilarious content at the very end here. Um, it is 1.05 a.m. on la- essentially Labor Day. It's Monday. Sure is. If you're on the East Coast, it's 4.05 a.m. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put this podcast up. But a uh, big thank you to all your President Circle members. Be on the lookout. Seems like you guys have voted for uh, Iron Man, so... Andy and I are going to do a Star Trek TNC treatment of the old Iron Man. Not the old Iron Man. I mean, 2008's Iron Man. The Robert Downey Jr. version. Is there another version? I'm sure there is something. Yeah. I don't know if it's an animated one or... Uh, Excelsior. I think that Iron Man shows up in a... Oh, so you're just getting out of here. No, no. I mean, I'm I'm listening to you. I thought you were going, Excelsior. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I should say at the end of the podcast. Two to beam up to the Excelsior. Oh, no. I should was we saying... beam off of the TNC and onto the Excelsior and just yell Excelsior? I was saying I was to say Excelsior at the end of the Marveling podcast. Well, then I think you should do that. All right. But for now. But for now. Disengage. Oh, no, Andy. We're still here. Oh, you just beamed us into a different part of the room. <laughs> I'll try this again. Why is this taking so long? I just Call want to go to sleep. is a very nuanced performance. It's disengaged. There we go. Oh wait, I'm still talking. That's not how this works. Whatever. Andy's gone. Just me and you guys. I'm so sorry this came out so late. It's all my wife's fault. Don't tell her I said that. Seriously, guys, don't. I mean, come on. Be cool. Be cool. Stop it. You know who you are, that guy.